Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. The schedule comes out Thursday, right? You know, yeah, but buzz is palpable. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. Curmudgeons. You're Just. covering up for your lack of coaching by putting a good player there. Oh, I like your, oh. I like your conspiracy theory better. <laughs> wow. Dante's not here That's no more. Other... We got to use first-round picks. Wow. I like that better. <laughs> Sneaky deuce. I love, I love it. I love when I win him over. Yeah. I love it. I didn't even think of that demented angle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've seen one where one is all You're about that. both ends. Well, you are. Well, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. I know you like that deuce, but Southern Comfort. That was a show we, we did. Pretty sure I've seen at least one episode of that. Well, it never made it to air. So the no, thing with Paul, pilots are, <laughs> show is wrong again. If you like it, who's to tell you not to eat it? Absolutely. Back in the day when Eric was still a meat eater, right. mm. we went to Arthur's and mm-hmm. he wanted to get a steak well done, and I objected. He did. Told the server, said, don't you dare. Yeah. Don't you dare bring him a cooked steak. You don't need to waste the money on someone who's <laughs> going to have it well done. It's a waste of money it, because it, you don't like no, it cooked it'll that taste the same. As of course you know the difference between cuts of meat. Not when you do it well done. <laughs> Not when you cook it well done. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Fueled by Duncan. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Thursday, and it's also schedule release day. 8 o'clock on NFL Network. The Even big extravaganza. You know, by the time we get there, all the everybody will know everybody's games anyway. So, But, but you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's been quiet so far, though. I don't think there's been a, a no. I think of, I think there's ooh. been a clamp down this year. I mean, NFL yeah. Network Week Four Sunday Night Football, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they are, they are releasing some things um, early. Will Tom Brady I, be on the sideline, or will he be up in the booth? Will be in the game? We don't know. Yeah, we just don't know. We don't know. Um, so speaking of releasing, <laughs> well, <laughs> I beg your pardon, uh, Jidam, uh, Jared Stidham, <laughs> Jidam. Uh, was traded to nice. the Raiders, uh, reportedly. Yeah. Reportedly, yeah. Yeah. by Mike Reese. So I think, yeah, Pelissero, yeah, uh, Albert Breer, swap of picks, basically. Yeah, so Mo- Patriots get a six, they get our seventh or something. Story like that. broken by James Stewart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the Sports Hub Had on my first. show, Fred, one of your channels. Yeah, um, we we talked about it. We that we said that that was a likely possibility that they'd move him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, I think we had a. Not an argument, but a discussion about Hoyer. I didn't think was going anywhere based on yeah. his guaranteed money. Yeah, it just seems funny now looking back at you know some of the hype around Stidham. Realistically, thinking he had a chance in 2020 or even 2021. But I mean, I think I just wasn't impressed with him the first time we saw him in 2019. I mean, I had just started here, but I think that was like my ground level of what a rookie quarterback could look like, and it didn't look very good. I mean, especially in contrast to Brady when he was here, but. You know, then the weird injury thing in 2020 where... That that sealed his fate. Kind of came out yeah. and he was like, oh, he's going to the hospital. And then last year he ended up on the on the PUP and was, was not really even part of it. So never really worked out. I mean, Paul and I were kind of joking upstairs about the various reports over the 2020 offseason coming into 2020 about how high the Patriots were on Stidham. And I don't know. It, 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 that never, entire offseason until... Cam Newton came, which was a little bit later, if you remember. Yeah. That year, it was yeah. all end of June. Not just like who's going to be the go- Stidham's the man. That yeah. was the the storyline right. of the 2020 off season. And now, you know, Mike and I were talking about it. People are like kind of getting snarky on. Tw- remember when he was the you know the the man? You know, oh okay. Admittedly, that was like you know like a blink. Yeah. No, everybody was writing about it. Everybody was talking about it. 
And everybody was yelling at this show, because even you didn't embrace that one, Fred. Right. Everybody was yelling at this show for being so negative, right? Right. About Stidham. Yeah. Like, because like, like, like we, saw, we saw the same thing that you're talking about in 2019. Well, Mike. even even yeah. when Cam Newton got here, well, it's a competition. <laughs> we were like, no. It's not going to be a it's competition not a, as long be... as Cam Newton's here. Right. It and then Cam Newton, I mean, let's put it this way. Cam Newton played as badly as you can play in 2020 and still had the job to start 2021. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm telling you, it was the COVID thing that pushed Mac Jones ahead. Yeah. I think Bill had just said, I had enough. I can't do this anymore. I, I have to get someone who's reliable. When we all could see how much better Mac Jones was on a consistent basis. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were days when Newton was, was okay. Yeah. But to me, the best they were was even. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's what it took for Mac Jones. It wasn't like that with Stidham. Yeah. It was, I, it was Cam Newton and Cam Newton only with Stidham. Right. Yeah, it was the – um. The pocket presence was what stood out to me with Mac. That was the difference. Kind of coming in, seeing Stidham his first couple years about just how panicky he'd look and, you know, the window would basically – or the clock would end and he'd just kind of throw the ball in the dirt. But Mac always seemed like he was a little bit comfortable in the chaos in the pocket. And, I would agree with that. You know uh, – Much better pocket yeah, presence. Yeah, and then – but even like that Kansas City game in 2020 when Cam got COVID and then Hoyer got the start and then, you know, and then, then Stidham got in, but – I don't think he – I mean, the that Jets that Stidham, game here in 2019 with the, the pick the, six. The fact that Stidham never started a game in 2020, to me, told you everything you need to know what they thought. Yeah. Yeah. The, the season was a train wreck at times. Offensively, you know, they couldn't move the ball at all. And they just kept trotting Cam Newton out there. Yeah. Right. And I tend to think I, – I, I don't know how much of a difference it made, but I think it's it's kind of an example of just how important it is for a rookie and young guys to get on the field and just be available and stay on the field. And he's never really had that. I mean, his rookie year, yes, but Brady was here. And then, you know, there was just always something kind of popping up with him. And I think you see that a lot with rookies where they get that well, little injury with in the all summer the injuries and then they get behind. It's and even – it's doubled when it's a quarterback, yeah. you know. But, you know, we see it with a lot of other positions. That you, you know they lose that time in camp and preseason game they can't play and then they just fall behind and they never recover. You know it's just that much worse for a quarterback. Yeah, and how many times have been like a player who might not even be that good, but they're just always available and they're there and they're you know working hard and they know what to do and maybe they don't do it at a super high level, but because they know what to do and they're kind of consistent. I mean, I th- there's been a lot of those guys over the years, I think, that are probably frustrating to a lot of Patriots fans. We're like, why is this guy still out there? Um, but he's healthy and he, he's Speaking around. of uh, hardworking overachievers, Danny Woodhead, close to qualifying for the U.S. Open? Golf. I think Crazy. He, he made it through the first part, right? Yeah. Now he's going so. to sectionals or something? Something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just he saw shot he sunk par. a punk. 71. Yeah. Sunk a punk. Sunk, sunk a putt. Sunk a punk. Sunk a putt. <laughs> uh, he was interesting, though, when he came in in 2010. What was that? I mean, that was out of nowhere. Oh, people they loved brought him. brought him in and this little guy from the Jets. And they, they put him in the pro shop and, you know, uh, selling shirts. You know, people didn't know who he was. It was, I mean, he, he was a fan favorite very quickly. I was surprised he didn't stick around a little longer than he did. I was a little bit surprised when he when he left because I felt like they were kind of in that void. I there's mean, I know sh- they had Vereen a shelf a life bit. on that position. That's why Especially I think it's, that size. it's much. Yeah, it's much like slot receiver. And that's what made, I think, Kevin Falk so impressive and uh, Troy Brown. Because you look at how long those guys did it and produced, and it's, it, it's not easy to do that. Um, because you, you're, you're inside, and you're taking a lot of, you're taking a lot of shots. 
Yeah. He was unique, though. Just, I mean, he was small, but just thick. And yeah. he'd get lost. He'd throw him those little dump off screen passes, and it just seemed like everybody couldn't find him. And then all of a sudden, he'd just kind of squirt out and, yeah. and go flying for, you know, 20 yards downfield. I think he had a big game in that Jets game that they, uh, with the 45 to 3 game in 2010. I think that was one of his. One of his better. If yeah, I and they try to go with the similar uh, game plan in the playoff game. Yeesh. Six weeks later, it didn't go as well. No. He was a big part of the drive to nowhere. Mm-hmm. The 14-play drive that resulted in no points. Yep. 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 Uh, Eric's not here today. He's um, It's his turn with Dr. Jellyfinger. He's using, taking one for the team. <laughs> he's in the squatty potty. <laughs> yeah, he's taking one for the team today. He's got a procedure tomorrow that he's prepping for today. Getting focused. Yeah. Getting psyched. Listen, he's got it's not like me and you, Fred. This. We just come in. While we're yeah, I, I, I guess in Rhode Island they do it a little differently. I don't know. <laughs> this is the day of like drinking radioactive fluid or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. A lot of time on. It the all way. depends on when you're, what time you have to start it. I would imagine it's a little easier being a vegetarian, right? Yeah, you definitely. Know? No, I mean, I don't know. He's probably going to come back all like cocky about <laughs> it. Like, oh, yeah. the doctor said my colon was as clean as any that he's ever right. seen. Right. There was nothing in there. Polyps? No, nothing. So the colon of a teenager. (laughs) You could eat off of my colon. Because... Oh. Because <laughs> because he's a vegetarian, yeah, you know, yeah, it'd be yeah. like the doctor said no. it was it was particularly clean, right? The, the, the kale just it right. absorbs all, you know. He gave me his number. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell pictures of my colon on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. so Eric's not going to be here today. Um, what else have we got? Anything? No, we're just yeah. well. Mike and I have been rookie mini up, camp this weekend. Yeah, and Mike and I have yep. dovetails nicely. We've been yeah. putting up our Let's profiles uh, one by one. Um, you know, good timing, as uh, Chris Ferreira pointed out, uh, our webmaster. You know, I just put the Bailey Zappi one up yesterday, and they make the Stidham move today. So Mike was kind enough to link to that story on his report of the the Stidham uh, yeah. trade. So you, you know, you can learn a little bit about Zappi. Obviously, I, I you know, we talked a lot about the draft. Uh, incredible production in this one year at the FBS level at Western Kentucky, you know, throwing for 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns. Uh, those are records, by the way. Um, he's going to get an opportunity to come in and earn the third quarterback spot. Um, or, you know, perhaps if, if he's not ready for that, maybe they try to squeeze him on the practice squad or something like that. But the one uh, commonality with the three players that I did, it was Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, and Bailey Zappi. Three players whose coaches were really, really high on the players. I mean, that doesn't always happen. It usually does. But these three were uh, particularly high on their three players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, just to add on to that, um, good video going around of Zappi getting the call for his – I think he's the on Hey Rookie, Welcome to the NFL right. this year – uh, talking to his agent. I, I mean, you got to love that stuff of, of these guys with their families around. And, you know, I think he said something like, oh, Patriots, no, they're not going to take me here. Then all of a sudden, you know, the phone rings. Yeah, and it's, it's all that. It's, it's, it's that cool. It's really cool. And then, you know, that dovetails into what I wrote about Sam Roberts, who his video went viral uh, as well when he got drafted by the Patriots, all guys in Patriots jerseys. And talking to his college coach, he said, yeah, it's just, you know, bizarre that he got drafted by the Patriots. He used to come in on Sundays. He said, you know, we just kind of have open people want to come in and study film and uh and sam would come in wearing his patriots jersey on sundays you know how why are you a patriots fan in missouri like a lot of chiefs fans and stuff and i guess at one point the patriots beat the chiefs and that's why he picked them but um another guy i mean yeah of course the coach loves him but um one one uh god what's the name of the award cliff harris award for uh small school defensive player of the year 
has all the size. You know, he's definitely going to need some technique. Everybody's going to be as strong and big as you now. But, um, you know, it just reminds me in his game of, of Barmore, the small school. Just I know they're different levels, but the way he gets off the ball, the kind of violence and urgency that he plays with right off the snap. So um, I think it will be somebody to watch in, in camp, see if he's able to, to do it against NFL defensive linemen. I mean, yeah. he's built like a – you know, like like a truck. I mean, that's exactly what you'd want coming off the bus. So, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm jumping into Marcus Jones and, and got some quotes from his head coach, uh, Dana Holgerson at Houston. Uh, so, yeah, working through it. Going back to Zappi, his thing is he's only like six feet tall, besides yeah, the fact that he's, he's small. Now. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting. I mean, it'll give him more opportunity. I mean, I wonder with the three days in camp and not really co- quarterback competition. I mean, last year it was going in. Now are they going to divide up Cam and Mack? Hoyer and Stidham almost afterthoughts into that, uh, you know. But now it's it's a little bit more set. You know what you have in Hoyer, yeah. So we'll probably get a good chance. I to wonder see what, it, yeah. I wonder zappy. what it, what it would look like if I could speak. Um, do they give Hoyer, you know, less reps because quote unquote he doesn't need them, or mm-hmm. is Zappy strictly the guy who's doing the opportunity stuff at the end of practice, learning yeah. with yeah. the other rookies and and you know young players? I wonder how they'll. I don't know. That I up. you know so as as you mentioned. Unbelievable production, but against lesser competition. But you just, I would be curious if I was the coaches, all right, early on, you know, whether it's spring or early on in camp, let's get him, you know, see how he uh, manages, you know, throwing through the trees, you know, yep. get get a rush, get the, the tennis rackets up there, yeah. you know, um, let's see what he can do against bigger, faster people. Yeah, you I, know? I mean, I... It's a great comparison of, of just, you know, how Mac looked in the pocket last year. Because he's not a big guy either. I mean, he's probably 6'2", maybe, six, maybe almost 6'3". But I think it's uh, it's a good point. I Again, I, I watched a bunch of his highlights and film and stuff, you know, after they drafted him. And there's a lot of wide-open throws where guys are just streaking down the field. Yeah. And, you know, and he seemed to have just a full grasp of the offense and, you know, going against teams like Army and that were just overmatched by what they were doing. And, and so – We'll see how, how it translates. I think the size is a big thing. But, you know, if he if he has that kind of pocket presence and is able to understand what the Patriots are trying to do in a similar way and get yeah. the ball out quick, then, then maybe. I mean, you know, Drew Brees is what, 6'1 at tops? Tops, you yeah. know. But he was just uncanny about knowing where guys were going to be. Mm-hmm. And his, and he didn't have the the strongest arm, but his accuracy was was right there. The timing was unbelievable. Yeah, anticipation, yeah. like, just seemed to throw. you got to have you know? that if you're going to be six feet tall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, like we said, it'll probably get a lot of good chances. And, yeah, I'm, I, like Paul said, I think, it too, with the the joint practices, because that's what, what I, I really enjoyed with Mac, where it was, you know, can, can yeah. he push it down the field? Can I he... wonder if you'll see much of him in those. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is an interesting thing that, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, what are they doing, you know, trading a third-string quarterback. But I do think it's interesting that they decided just by drafting a kid, before you even really get him into your your building and, and get a chance to see him operate for, I don't know, a month, you make this move. Because um, yeah. I am a little skeptical of the size coupled with sort of the lack of athleticism. He's not a runner. He's He's a pocket passer. And he played in a very – quarterback friendly system that has been extremely successful at the college level and really not in the pros now maybe some of those things are changing with the way the nfl is changing you know some of these guys now yeah maybe have a better opportunity to succeed but 
you know, it, it's one thing if you're you're six feet and you're Russell Wilson or you know Kyler Murray. This guy's not like that. Right. This guy's more Mac Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only a couple inches sh- shorter and yeah. n- not really, um, not really a threat to get out of the pocket and, and make a lot of plays. So I, I do have some some you know curiosity as to how that translates. But the fact that they didn't really care and they just said, "Well, we'll go." I wonder if you know you might see two quarterbacks again, like which I think is Belichick's preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With you, roster makeup, right? Um, I and I, it'd be curious to see how that all unfolds. Yeah. All right, eight five five Pats five hundred is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web Radio at Patriots.com is the email address. Uh, as we start off the show again, today is schedule release day. NFL Network will have the big show at eight o'clock. But you know, over the course of the day, I think they're going to allow teams to announce their home openers. So that includes the Patriots, of course. So later on today, you'll probably hear what the home opener is for the Patriots. And then if, if you're a team that isn't starting at home, you'll also know maybe one or two other games, you know? Yeah. So First two weeks. Yeah. Well, and I'm not going to fall into that. We'll find out who <laughs> the, the opener is, even if it's on the road. Right. Because <laughs> I learned. Yeah. Don't – don't say that. Don't say it. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I know nothing. I don't know. There's been there's been like various reports that have been up and then down and oh that's wrong. So I don't I I, I mean I do want to know more just for like what's the schedule going to be like Paul. Like what are the late games? How where are the short turnarounds? But um I want to look where those Buffalo games are. Those Buffalo Miami games. Those are the ones I think to uh Yeah, to I mean, circle. Absolutely. Aren't aren't you That's the game. Th- that's your measuring stick, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are the big boys now. Like for 20 years, everybody in the ACEs is, you know, our measuring stick is the New England Patriots. Now it's the Buffalo Bills. You Do you know? really, would you really have a preference of when you're looking at your schedule? I mean, I think you consider your team as, all right, are we a new team? Are we going to be – is there going to be more gelling or are we kind of a veteran team? I don't know. I just wonder how football looks at it. Do they? Re- I mean, I know that they're like, we don't care. Just tell us what the schedule is. We'll, we'll put it together. But, you know, if you're really trying to – maximize your opportunities to get to the playoffs do you have a preference of i'd love to get just get my division games out of the way early and you know kind of see what that is or um you know get or, or get like i always look at it a little bit like this where i'd love to get the nfc games out of the way early because i think those see, are you're really a little sloppy early in the season those games aren't going to affect you as much I, down see the road i would the always assume that i'd i'd like to have opportunities at the end of the season to make up for past mistakes so I, I, I want to spread out my divisional games as much as possible so I can get a second look at them when hopefully I'm a little better. Yeah. If I'm playing bad at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, but if I'm playing better in the season and I sucked early, I want to have a second chance. You know? Yeah, it was kind of That's biz- the way I look at it. It was kind of bizarre last year where they had Miami bookending the season. Then you had like the Jets like twice within three or four weeks. And then the Bills also like twice within what three weeks four weeks i mean it, yeah. it, it was kind of strange how it they, was how they strange i agree mike uh, that that's the only part like i don't really i don't have a huge preference like i'm not a big oh this you know you need to do this or that the only thing i i would say i i don't really like the buffalo situation from last year i don't like uh division two division games and you know both in the last like five or six weeks in the season like that yeah i, I don't i don't really get that what about division games on thursday night is that I don't like that either. I don't like that. Is that feels like those games are really important and you you might be coming into it with 
I mean, I do like that you know the team, so it's not like you're playing, you know, the Vikings or some or the Bears on a short week or something like that. But I just think those games are so important, and to put them on Thursday night when you might be at half power. Well, and, okay, I agree with you. you someone, know. someone yeah. is is going to be at a gross disadvantage in in a, in a division game to travel to. Yeah, I mean, like know. the road team or like you said, like maybe someone that's a little banged up. That's a big game. Like the division games are the most important games. Bill says that all the time. Right, the first priority is the division, so I don't. I agree with you, and I know that they do that once in a while because they they're trying to help the teams. You know, there's less preparation ostensibly that goes into the division games because you know them so well. I I agree with you, Mike. I I would rather not have a division game on a Thursday night. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to the phones. Good schedule talk. Let's get <laughs> to the phones and emails. Um, start off uh, with the Ace Ticket Hotline. AJ's in Illinois. What's up, AJ? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Um, first, about the Stidham trade, I personally am a fan of it. Um, Stidham was kind of that bridge quarterback for a while after Brady, before Jones came in. And I'm glad he never played a snap that was meaningful. <laughs> I appreciate that he went over to Vegas. Good for him. He needs a job. Good for him. The team uh, dynamic is kind of molding well within the quarterback room, I think, especially with this new kid coming in who How do we uh, know that? is very similar to Jones. But the part that confuses me that is, pun intended, strange to me, is the offensive line. There's been a lot of uh, change this past offseason. And how do you see that solidifying after the first four weeks? And I'll take your answer uh, off the phone. All right, thanks. I mean... I, I, well, three out of the five aren't changing in terms of starters. It's Trent Brown, Wynn, and then Andrews in the middle. Mm-hmm. You're assuming Cole Strange, so that's a, that's a big change. And then if on when you is the other gar, uh, yeah. guard, that's not that big a change. Yeah, you know. Oh, I I think that's major change. I think he's right. But I mean, you, you I don't, do. Well, yeah, you're changing the two guards. You're changing. You know, forty percent of your offensive line is going to be different. Yeah. But, but I, I don't Paul, really. They're, they're guards. But I, I agree. I, <laughs> I, and, I was, and I was just about to say, <laughs> I don't really understand what the like. What is the big yeah. question? Like, we know that the quarterback room is in good shape because we got rid of Stidham somehow. But we don't have any idea what's going. I think. I, you know, I, th- I think. I have. I have a guess that you're right. Strange is going to play one guard, and Owenya is going to play the other. Right. What? What's there's no difference there. Like, what's yeah? I mean, I think that they're not as good as the players that left. But I, I think what he meant. What I I don't want to speak for him, but I think what he's saying about the quarterback room is this kid is in terms of style more like Max. So I you know then but who Zappy? S- then no, but then like what what is what is Stidham's style like? Just um, out of curiosity, freak out and run out of the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Being told that that trade is not official yet, Fred. <laughs> oh. You better watch it. We like Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> no, but I don't. I, I don't think there's much difference between the styles. I think Stidham can move probably a little bit better than Mac Jones, but I don't think that's what his game is. Yeah, no. I think his game is as a pocket passer. Yeah, I don't think there's a huge stylistic. I agree with Mike. I don't think he's that good. Yeah, for all yeah. we know, Zappy's like a jerk in the quarterback. Well, room, I have. So. Yeah, I have no idea. And, and, no idea. So. And in talking nice. to his his uh, offensive coordinator and. and, and he, that's not the kid. I mean, he's yeah. He seems by to all be accounts, a good kid. he good seems kid. to be a really good kid. Good kid, and and I think he will fit in. I just I don't have any more or less concerns about the off. The offensive line has some concerns because you lost two starters. Yeah, like we've known that for you know 
two months. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, Stidham, I think this probably speaks to the kind of player he was. Like, I don't know, just average quarterback. Like, there wasn't, like, you always want to, you draft a quarterback, you look for, like, well, how can we put him in a box that will explain him? Uh, is he athletic? Is he like a Lamar Jackson? He can't really, he needs to work on his throw. Is he a smart guy who gets the ball out? Can't really run. You know, always Mac Jones. Stidham, I never felt like there was, it was just, I don't know, He's he can run okay. He had an okay career. Um, he was supposed to be a lot better than that, though. I, and, and never. Like, like as a college quite. recruit, he was supposed to be special. Right. But, uh, and then. I think the, the the transition on the defense and the offensive line is just you know I mean I think Shaq Mason was such a big part of kind of their personality with his you know he wasn't the biggest guy but real mobile and able to get out in front I think if if on when you goes into that he's a little bit less mobile but maybe a little bit bigger um, maybe a little bit stronger I think the hope with Cole Strange though is that you know you can take the kind of athleticism that Shaq Mason had and and get that to Ted Karras, who I don't think was the most athletic guy, but was savvy and tough and able to do it. So I, I think there will be a little bit of a, of a transition. But, I mean, I think you got to feel at least a little bit positive about on when you, Trent Brown, those two big tough guys on the right side, and then Strange and Win, if they're able to you know live up to expectations, being athletic and able to you know do some of the stuff that, that they did with Shaq. When was Trent Brown drafted? When he was originally drafted, he was low. Oh, he I was think low. He was low. I, uh, I, okay. Are you looking, Paul? I don't know. No, I'm gonna. Look, I'm gonna look. But uh, yeah, I feel oh, like okay. he was. He wasn't which a is surprising for player. his for his size. Um, oh, please. It's all right. Um, got a lot of emails coming in. Um, a lot of reaction to uh, Tuesday's show with the movies and the hot dogs and the steak. But I want to keep uh, it seventh round. Oh, he, really? Trent Brown was a seventh-round pick? Yep. Wow. Same for him. That is something. Uh, but I want to keep it to um, football, at least for now. Um, so let me uh, go through some of these. Um, Andre from New Jersey, just to bring back your conversation on Tuesday, I just don't get <laughs> – here I say football, and he starts out <laughs> with steak. I just don't get people that eat a well-done steak. It tastes like rubber and absolutely no flavor. When my parents go to a restaurant and order a steak, well done. I shake my head in disappointment. Mom, Dad, get it right. It's a medium rare. Uh, but here's his predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, one, the Patriots split with the Bills in some way, somehow win the division. Okay. That would be huge. That would be huge. Because we've got that billboard ready to go. It didn't take long. Remember, we had that... <laughs> Last year after the uh, Patriots had ruined the Bills. I think, I think we got to get rid of billboards here. <laughs> uh, two, the Patriots will be the top two seed in the conference. Holy crap. What is this? His predictions. Three, Mac Jones throws for 4,320 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 10 picks. That's the first one that I think that has a chance. <laughs> and on the defensive side of the field, Balmore, Duggar, and one of the linebackers will be all pro. Uche. Uh, all pro. Uche. I go one for four on on giving you a more than 2% chance. Yeah, that's... Um, that's how unlikely I I'd, think I'd those say three things those are. Those are optimistic predictions. That's um, Real quick, just because we were just talking about the Trent Brown thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was a seventh-round pick. This was off NFL.com in his draft profile from Lance uh, Zerline. Zerline. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Brown has the pure size to block out the sun, and unlike some players of his bulk, he knows how to use it. He can plow holes as a run blocker, but can only play right guard in power schemes. His lack of playing experience and conditioning concerns could hurt his draft stock. So aside of penciling him as a guard, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. 
absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And that's why he was a seventh-round pick. My guess is he didn't play a lot at Florida, much like he doesn't play a lot in the NFL. Yeah. And he has conditioning concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill in D.C., since it seems like Matt Patricia is now the lead candidate to be p- calling plays, oh. again, yeah. why is that Because Mike Reese had a thing Reese. on ESPN Oh, yesterday. did he? Yep. yep. Yesterday? Uh, this season, I had a question about how that works. How much of play calling is based on what the computer software spits out based on factors like down and distance, field position, opposing defense, etc.? And how much is a spur-of-the-moment gut feeling by the coach calling the plays? I guess what I'm asking is how much will we depend on Patricia's intellect and how much will be him going by what the stats say is the right call? I mean, a lot. I, I, I think that they have a uh, that play board where you know they have the plays they like by situation, but I think it's up to the you know, offensive coordinator to, you know, not only know what right play to call, but to, you know, to sequence plays and to string things together so that they work in union. And that's been one of the big questions I have of uh, having a new offensive coordinator, being able to, you know, do those kind of things. And I should probably just say, like Mike Reese yesterday, it's kind of strange how he said it too. It was I like, agree. he was like, you know, the, the voice you might hear at Patriots practice would be Matt. Matt Both. Yeah. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge yeah. as the, right. As the co-offensive coordinator. So, um, and then he said, don't be surprised if Patricia takes a leading role. Okay. But like, based on everything he said, it was two guys talking at yeah. the OTAs. But I will say, like calling plays, calling plays early in a game is different than calling plays late in a right, game. Right, when they're scripted and you probably have a set right. that you go into the game, you know you want to get going. And then, they, as, as Belichick likes to say, the game declares itself. Exactly. And now you know right. what we're going to need to do. We're going to need to run the ball almost yeah. every down, like if you're in Buffalo or – you know, how many pass plays did they even go into that game with? I mean, I don't know how much they knew ahead of time, but it's one of the big things. And, you know, as much as these guys are very experienced coaches, I think that there is definitely an art form to I, calling plays. I totally and agree. And I don't knowing know the right the, moment to spring that thing on them, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know what the percentage would be to answer a specific question, but I would say that every single team has all of the computer data available. So they go into a game with – these plays will work against these defenses in these situations. Every team does that. The play callers that separate themselves are the ones that have the feel. Yeah. They, and I don't know. That might only be five plays a game. They see the matchups. You know, we're, we're really beating their, you know, you know, uh, left end or whatever, you know, or, you all know, little things like but that. Like, you know, it's a, key third, it's a key third down in the fourth quarter, and all of the data says they're going to be in this defense and – on third and seven and we need to pick it up and this is the right call but something tells josh mcdaniels we're going to do something different than that and the ones that can do that successfully yeah are the ones that are good at it yeah right i mean it's impossible to put a number on it especially when you're not privy to what went into every play call but sure i i would have to think that you guys are exactly right there's a feel to it in that you can't really define it's a gut thing that you venture away from the chart at some point because you see something or right. sense something. Yep. It's a lot on Matt Patricia. I I mean It's a lot on a guy who's never called a play before. Period. Like I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I still think the tight ends coach is eventually gonna be your play caller. I think that would make people feel better. Yeah. If if he's involved somehow, but the signs are pointing towards yeah, I mean, the two ex head coaches. On the surface all three, it's the same because you know, Nick Cayley's never yeah, done it either. Right, right. But, but you'd have some 
I do. Oh. I do agree with. Fred. They believe in him. I do agree They're with. They're grooming Fred. him. You're identifying a young guy, right? As opposed to a, a failed head coach who, right, right, wrong or indifferent, we don't really have a lot of faith in, right? right. And who hasn't been an, hasn't been a real offensive coach either? Right. I mean, really but wouldn't made you his think that if you ask most Patriots fans, their confidence level in Joe Judge or Matt Patricia can't be very high? Well, yeah, they're looking at their record as a head coach. Right. Well, and I I would say that they looked at what they did here, too. Like, I think Joe Judge was an adequate special teams coach, but Matt Patricia was not very successful as a defensive coordinator, despite having one of the best calls in Super Bowl history. I knew it was coming. Well, like their defense, you know, what was the last impression of their defense was passive, couldn't get off the field on third down, gave up 40 in the Super Bowl. The next year? You won the Super Bowl because your defense completely went to a different aggressive level under Brian Flores. Yeah. Like, that was a major part of it. Now, I know with Tom Brady, absolutely. But Tom Brady was there the year before, too. They were scoring all those points when Patricia was the defensive coordinator, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. I can't lie, Paul. I'm, I'm 100% there. I was one of those people who was excited about what Flores did to the defense, how it looked, being a defense guy, too. It just felt like Patricia plays the odds. He kind of plays the odds. He doesn't get aggressive. And I think that I connected that somewhat to Belichick, too. I mean, I think Belichick, I think, in in his heart, he likes to play the odds a little bit more than be aggressive, too. But I I, I just have to connect it to, like you said, I mean, regardless of how you feel about coaches, like none of them have done this. None of them. I mean, both of them, I know they've been around the game and they, they, you know, are are well versed in what goes into it. But still, I mean, I would feel if you told me Joe Judge was going to be the special teams coach, well, all right. If you told me Matt Patricia's coming back to be the defensive coordinator, I don't love it, but I know yeah, he knows right what he's doing. Too. Absolutely. And, and, and it's going to be competent, and I yeah. think you're just putting a huge question mark of, you know, and, and, and again, tie it back <clears> to <throat> what's the most important thing for this football team right now, Mac Jones, and developing him and putting guys around him to be successful and putting together an this, offense that can compete. This really sucks. You know, with some really, really good offenses like I don't Buffalo. like what I agree yeah. with Mike. Sorry. Yeah. I know. It's well, a, I'll disagree a little Eric? bit. Can you call Eric for I, I, I still say that their brief experience as head coaches will help them. Overall. I, I mean, it, I, agree. It's, yeah. I don't think it can hurt. Yeah. Yeah, because then they were, we know that they were overseeing it. They had input into right. how it was going. But, I, you know, just to go back to the original point of it's another thing to be there with the play card in your hand. And you've, you know, I know they both called plays in the NFL before, but. You know, is it is it going to be able to take a, take a step forward? Yeah. And yeah. how different does it look from and what I Josh wonder, was doing? Like I wonder what the players think now. Like guys like you know McCourty that that have been around, it'll be fine. Yeah. But what if you're just like some random player and you're like that guy that I saw? Like I don't know Matt Patricia from when he was here. I only know what I saw on TV. Right. Or Joe Judge running quarterback sneaks on on third and seven. And there's also just a level of trust with. You know, with Mac and, and Josh McDaniels last year, where you know, you know, Josh McDaniels has seen everything there is to see as an offensive coordinator and had to adjust in every kind of way you can imagine. Had to do it with the greatest quarterback of all time, but still, like, there's a level of um, you know respect there that you, you know he's been in there and he know he's done it before. And you know, I'm same thing. Like, I know Mac. I'm sure you know knows who Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are and respects them. But does it ring the same way in his ears when they tell him? Well, this is what's going to happen. And you're like, okay, you know, but I think they're going to have to earn that trust. And, you know, for, for somebody like Mac to, I mean, you're building up, starting over a little bit in some ways, I think. Uh, Keith in Connecticut, uh, quick over under on how many games you think some of the current rookies will end up as a healthy scratch. <laughs> for, <laughs> for the sake of the game, operate as though it would all would be available to play 18 games. 
Cole Strange, one and a hay. Healthy a scratch. healthy scratch is uh, under. Under. Under, yeah. yeah. T- Tyquan Thornton, four and a hay. Um, I'll take I, the under on that one, too. Really? I don't think he'll be a healthy scratch more but, than four and a half times. Really? I might go over on that one. But five, oh. six games. I'm really not happy then. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Jones, five and a hay. Under. Under. I think he's he's every game. Jack Jones, seven and a hay. Mm-hmm. I go over. That's where it gets tougher. I'll say over. Pierre Strong, nine and a hay. Under. Okay. Under. I'll take the over on that. Bailey Zappi, 16 and a hay. <laughs> I will take the over. And the rest of the drafted players, 60 games. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, totally with Freddie said on the well-done steak situation. I think anyone with any taste in their mouth. Oh, uh, that's certainly my it. preference. I just don't hate people who it's a waste know, of like, money. like it the way they want it. It's a waste of like money. I would take Hines, uh, Stuber, and Roberts. That trio, I think one of them will emerge into some kind of role bigger than we're kind of expecting. Kind of like on When You Did. And When You, I thought, was kind of a write-off guy. Then you saw him play, and I think there are guys like that, and especially along the offensive line. I could see I would go you know, somebody Stuber. like I, The offensive line, I agree with you. One of those guys could replace a, like a Kajust yeah. or a Haran. Totally. They might think those guys are better. Uh, Jonathan writes in, uh, hey, guys, and Mike, he says. Oh, hey. Wow. Hey, now. Whoa. Mike playing the Eric role. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that role. I uh, just want to pay my final respects to the Stidham era <laughs> under Belichick. Who were the best and worst backups? How does Stidham compare to Rohan Davey, Kevin O'Connell? I feel like those are the bottom three. If you had to win a game, counting out Castle and Jimmy G, who would you go with? Testa Verde? <laughs> if you had to win a game, who would you go with? Other than Castle or What Jimmy about G? Damon Heward? Damon Heward. That's who I was All, all he about. did was win games, yeah. right? When? He's a professional. He was like 5-0. and oh. When? When he when – any, any For the Patriots? Look up his record as a starting quarterback. As a, he know. played for the Patriots? I, no, that's what I was asking. I don't ever as remember him playing a game for the Patriots. No, he didn't. All play. I remember, he lost his job. No, but He went from backup to third as, string as when Brady s- beat him out. Starter in the NFL. I think he's got a good record. Oh, I, 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 I would, I, I'm not going to doubt you on that because I have no idea. I don't know, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> um, I think the – was Kevin O'Connell the backup or was he third string? Um, I don't I know. think he was third string. I thought it was, it was him, Castle, Brady, and then he backed up – well, maybe he backed up Castle in 08 maybe. I think uh, he might have been the backup. I think, that that was Matt, I think that was Matt Gutierrez. Oh, that's a good one too. The Goot. Yeah. We all thought he was the thing for a little bit. Really? No, no we didn't. <laughs> Just for a second. <laughs> Just for a second. Uh, it seems funny in hindsight when you had Brady and you thought like guys were, hmm, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be a long time. I don't know who was bad, though. It's hard to say. They never really got in. I mean, Rohan Davey, he had a terrible look. Damon yeah. Hewitt was 15-12 and 12 as a starter. Not bad. Wow. No. Winning, not he's a winning quarterback. Did he ever start a game as a Patriot? No, no. Did never. Uh, he played in four games as a Patriot. Okay. Doug Flutie. Oof. Paul Sky. Oof. Who would I want to play quarterback? Other than Castle or Garoppolo, it's probably Brissett. I think. I think you're right, but I don't think. I don't think much of any of them. Yeah. I think you know Testaverde's not a bad one. You know. Yeah. See, I'm counting Testaverde like when he was here. Yeah, he, he was, was older. Like Forty-five years right. old. Right. Yeah. Like in his career, sure, he would be the well. Bledsoe would be the, the answer. Of, you That's know. true, <laughs> right? Right. He was but a backup, I but I don't count that. Yeah. How right. dare you forget about your boy? Um, no, but I'm not like 
I know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like Rohan Davey was a good one that the, the emailer brought up. Kevin O'Connell, those two. But I guess the best backup was Garoppolo, right? For Ryan sure. Mallett. Oof. Yeah. Nah. Like, I don't want any of those guys playing for but, me. Yeah. Look out. Zach Robinson. He could cover a kickoff. <laughs> what was oh, what was the kid's name from Danny uh, Etling. Yep. Denny Etling. Yeah. You get me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, Alex in Alabama has a trivia question. Question, how many AFC teams have the Patriots never played against in the playoffs, and which teams are they? Playoff teams they've never played against a- in AFC the team. playoffs. Yep. AFC, all time, all time. Cleveland. Cleveland, didn't they play Cleveland? No, they, no, they did. Yeah. No, they yep. did. Yeah. Belichick beat them. Yep. Cincinnati. There's one. Played, um, played the Jets. Played Miami. Pittsburgh. Ravens. Browns. Jeez. <laughs> Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Cincinnati is Cincinnati. Paul is correct. Cincinnati is the lone team that they haven't faced in the playoffs. They'll be here this year. We'll find out. Joe Burrow. That'll be a fun one. I'm excited to see. Who, what players are you guys excited to see? I, I, external players that come and, and see in person here. Got huh. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Justin Fields. Uh, see sure. him. I like to see, yeah. I, I, Lions be, got uh, Jameson. I, like I could see me um, in the pregame show when when you and I are doing the pregame social with um, Hardy, talking myself yeah. into. Oh, you gotta get a chance to see Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. See what he looks like, and it always kind of changes a little bit when you see a guy in person. I, I, they, right. They just. No, I don't. Re- I didn't realize he was that big, or I didn't realize he could throw like that. I, just when you get him in person, finally. Uh, I just have to read this one because. It's not football, but oh, making, like it. making fun of me. Okay. Uh, Joel in San Antonio. Uh, enjoy listening to the show. It's always entertaining, especially in the off season. So that dude that ripped y'all the other day doesn't really matter. We stand by y'all and the third best rated podcast in the area. However, anyhow, staying a little longer with off season and TV movie talk, I took Fred's advice that time he talked about that Ryan Gosling movie, Drive. It was pretty meh, to be honest. So when I heard him recommend Severance, I just couldn't wait. Severance is the most boring, slow show I've ever seen, oh, honestly. Awesome. I must have fallen asleep at least twice during each episode. I found myself having to rewind over and over to catch up what I missed. That being said, after the snooze fest uh, that was that show, of course, I can't wait for season two to drop. Uh, keep up the awesome job. That, <sighs> Which is hilarious. it? You didn't like it yeah. or you did? Yeah. Severance got poo-pooed the other night. We, we, we were like, <coughs> I haven't seen this? it. How about this? It got shot down. Uh, it's Too great. sci-fi. I loved it. I might check it out, though. Oh, it's sci-fi? Um, kind of. I don't know uh, if you would call thanks. it sci-fi. Thanks for that heads up there, Mike. Yeah. Mm. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll Paul, passing. you wouldn't like it. No, I, 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 yeah. I, I agree. N- I don't no. take that as a shot, by the way. Yeah, you wouldn't like it's it. It's just not my thing. He knows what he likes, and he doesn't like it. Right. Yeah. Much we'll like find someone who likes well-done steak, I don't criticize people who like, like Matt Morell, who like the sci-fi and the comic book. That's just not my thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to each his own. Um, uh, I did want to bring up the we, – we were talking about the the third sequel being better than the second sequel, or the, you know, or whatever – is that what yeah. or the so the yeah, sequel being better, better than, than the, the original or whatever, um, that kind of stuff. And someone wrote in a James Bond thing. Oh, and I don't think that that's qualifies. Tough. Yeah, because they kind of start over each. They're time. not sequels, right? They're right. not sequels. It's yeah. Tonnage. Too many different James Bonds. What's the second? Like, yeah. you, unless you went by guy. Each is his own 
separate you know, in case, entity. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's the way I look at it. I'm not a huge James Bond uh, fan right. either, but th- not those se- aren't necessarily sequels. No, right? no, right. That you're right. You'd have to do it by James Bond. So like the second Daniel Craig movie versus the third. Which well, I he had it like the, to to he, he went out. back to the very beginning, and the third I forget which oh. ones they were now, but the third like one Octopussy was better was better than, than the second one, which I have no doubt that he's right. I just I'm not. Like I said, I'm not um, up on James Bond, but I don't look at that like Jaws two and Jaws three. Right. It's also so how, do you, how do you how do you compare III. a James Bond movie from the '60s to like a Daniel Craig right. James Bond today? I mean, where they're not even now. Tell close me, you to. guys, you guys watch the James Bond no. franchise? Oh, well, no, Fred does. I, I know I do. Fred no. does. Yes. Okay, do. so not obviously me. James Bond is in every one of them. <laughs> yes. Who else is? Uh, well, Money Money Penny is. What's her name? Yeah, uh, lady. Um, the head guy, but it's not always the same actor. But the no, character no, but is. the character is the, the same. So they the do same. have the yeah. same characters. So I guess you can make an argument. Yeah, for, on, on but, behalf of but the, but nothing the on the original affected the second one. Yeah, that's although I have to say, um, Matt's not, not here. I kind of thought that like James Bond and maybe the head of whatever the the organization. Yeah, Spectre. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so in I, this, I figured those were the only guys in, that were in the this, same in this last Bond. There is a lot of references to old bonds hmm. in this last one. Okay, so maybe yeah. I, I, I can give. There's a little latitude. There. I think Eric's a big. We can allow James Bond guy. Yes, Eric, um, Fred, and Mark Capello all are big James Bond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike in Puerto Rico. You what's don't up, like James Mike? James Bond, huh? Bond. Hey guys, how, you, how you doing? Good. Hey, Mike. I. The nature of the show. I call with one thing in mind, and then you guys start talking about something, and I'm like, oh, I got something to say about that. Okay. That's what we do. Yep. So I got a couple of quick thoughts, a longer thought, and then a, a game if you're interested. Okay. So James Bonds are definitely have sequels, at least the Daniel Craig one. So right. Tie-ins from Casino Royale to uh, Quantum of Solace to Skyfall, which is actually the better, so that's the case where the third one is probably better than all of the other ones, and then the last one, which was crap, which actually tied all of the movies together. So that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned to, that uh, Severance um, is sci-fi. Well, I didn't say that. Do said I, it. Yeah, well, it looked by based on the the preview card, maybe a little sci-fi. And but you you saw it, right? Uh, I right? did. I saw I, it. Yeah. I think there's a little science fiction. I think there's a little science fiction in there, um, but I wouldn't consider it a sci-fi movie. Yeah. IMDb has it listed as sci-fi. Does it? Okay. Well, That's kind of like me okay. saying wouldn't I've seen Southern Comfort. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. Never aired. Wouldn't you qualify better at, or don't you think a, a better description, Fred, would be a psychological thriller? Yeah, I would say so. I think, I think it's got some of both. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So coming coming back to my original thought, and I know I've, I've talked to you guys about this uh, in, in the past, but, you know, there is no worse time to be a Patriots fan than uh, around draft time. Um, I actually stayed away from everything on the draft other than your guys' coverage. Um, but, man, it, it was just a, a punch in the gut, a knee in the nut. It was pretty just brutal to- this year. Yeah, like yeah. we said, you know, when when Mel Kiper, who is very liberal with his grades, gives you a C plus, that's you know you you didn't do well in his eyes, you know. And the thing for me is like we keep becoming. I mean, I keep looking at this again. Somebody that has no ties to Boston, I just adopted the team because I like Brady, I like the uniforms, and then I'm sorry, Bledsoe originally, then Brady, then Belichick, so on and so forth. 
but it's like it's more and more reasons to why am I following this team? You know, I like to play, I like the way they do things, but you, the press conferences are boring. Like you really can't get behind Belichick. You something that everybody else is excited for, which is the draft, and then you watch it, and it's just a disappointment. It's a punch in the gut, a knee to the nuts type of situation. But and then I started thinking about it, and I mentioned it to you guys before. Is your show is a pretty big part of why I'm uh, I remain as avid a Patriots fan as anything else. All letters so. go to Robert Kraft <laughs> at One Patriot Place. Yep. But I would like to point out one thing, uh, which I don't think I, uh, it's been done in the past, or at least I haven't done it. Matt Morrell, as a producer, I mean, he is an integral part of the show. The drops, everything that he does. Extraordinary. And everything. Yeah, all pro. Extraordinary. And one last thing. Matisse, I don't know if he did it for free. I don't know if he volunteered. <laughs> I don't know if he was volunteered. But his participation in the draft podcast, top notch. Like, that guy's got potential. Okay. He got, nice. He's got the most – he mentioned the most actual draftees of the Patriots of any of us. I think he had Thornton and uh, one – I think Marcus Jones. I think those were his two that he that he brought up. So, no, he did – he did. He gets paid. He does work here. But nice. he did a great job. Yeah, he, this isn't his full-time gig in terms of producing radio. But loves the he's draft, here all the time. Loves college yeah. football. But thanks, thanks for the call, Mike. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, food's here, and I'm hungry. Um, so we'll get to more of your calls and emails right after this. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grillin' Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments. A world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb, and our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played, and everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. 
And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments. A world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb, and our favorite ring is the next one. 
Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. And now, great moments in history. If you say he's a friend of Eric, yes. Isn't that proper? Isn't a friend of Eric's redundant? Yes. If he belongs to Eric, that's what the of means. It's possessive. Yeah. So why do we that's need of Eric's? That's a good one. Uh, like you don't, you don't Eric's have to... friend. Eric's, no, no, but, fr- yeah. Eric's friend would be proper, but if you say he's a friend of Eric, that's also proper, no? Yes. yes. Sure. But pe- a lot of people, but people say, a, would friend say of he's Eric's. a friend of Eric's. Right. Now, yeah, I don't, I I don't that know that lot. I'm right. I don't know that I'm right about that right. one. So I'm not being all it snarky. Be friend, I, it, friend, friend of, of Eric. Eric. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would write it. This is yeah. a grammar deep dive in yes. a- AP Perillo yep. English. <laughs> I know very you, specific. I, I know you just got on a blog and just wrote on your own. <laughs> Some of us had to go to college and learn how to do it. 
perfect. Ooh. <laughs> Elitism. Um, Not a very too. good one, but... Sniff. That's another great moment from... All right, back here on Patriots Unfiltered. Speaking of grammar... I like the perfect. The uh, Jill in New Hampshire. Now, Jill is the one who did... Mike yeah. is back from practice. Right. So. Hit. Uh, she writes in when... She's kind of royalty, so yeah. I have to read her emails. VIP. Uh, she says, with all the Tony Romo talk on Tuesday, I can't help but say that my biggest issue with him is his terrible grammar. Hmm. He always says they should have ran the ball. Yeah, that, bug, that bugs me too. Or he should have went to so-and-so. Uh, you'll notice it from now on if you haven't yet. Sorry. Uh, anyway, do I need to update the practice song to Deuce's return from practice instead of Mike? Oh. No. That's a good question. But Maybe. I'm fine. Maybe. <laughs> well, you were upset when I called you Mike instead of I was just of thrown off. I was yeah. thrown off sometimes. Sexual assault. Right. Sometimes somebody called me so, Mike. Like, you know, Mike. maybe if she wants to do another version with Deuce's back. Yeah, yeah. well, let's see how the season goes and, uh, yeah. you know, make a banger. But uh, that was that was the hit of the season last year. Yeah. Gets in everybody's head. Yeah. Uh, 855 Pats 500. It's the Ace Ticket Hotline. Uh, phones are stacked up. Ben's in Pittsfield. What's up, Ben? What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Good. Ben. I got a couple things. I got two things I wanted to run by you guys. So, first off, um, unfortunately, my guy Zion taken before 21. Yep. But if he was there, like, at 21, Zion Johnson, do you think we would have taken him? It's a possibility. I, think, right? I, I do. Yeah. Like, he was, you know, besides, like, the guys who were going top 10, no doubt, right? Like, he was one of the best linemen, O-linemen in the draft. And it's like, uh, you know, when he's mocked, no, he's, either, he like, was 15, one of the best guards in the draft. 30th. It's kind of tough, but yeah, I would have loved. You know, I feel like if we had gotten him at twenty-one, um, like all the a lot more of the talk about oh, the Patriots can draft this that because he's one of those guys who was actually mocked to the first round and yep. like on those boards. But yeah. people and, would have uh, still been upset about it. taking a guard. Some people round. would have questioned the guard, but yeah. they wouldn't have questioned the value. Right, right. I would have probably had the same and reaction. It's just, do we have to take a guard right now? Yeah. I, I would have had the same <laughs> yeah. reaction. No. So you could have had so Cole Strange in the second round, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you, but to to Ben's uh, point, you couldn't have had Zion. Jo- uh, right, he would not have been available. No, he was a first round talent. Yep. So my second point, I wanted to run by you guys, and I, and I was talking about this with some guy I was talking to over the weekend. But so right now, like you guys know, the bubble with the wide receivers, like they're getting paid way too much money, and then you got quarterbacks, like. I mean, Derek Carr just got paid $40 million. I don't know why he – like, I know he's good, but I don't know if he's $40 million good. But yeah. to my point, my point, though, is that, like, obviously it kind of sucks because we can't afford any of the, you know, the star power. Why but is at that? at some point, like, some of these teams who are paying these players, like, wicked amounts of money, um, like, it's going to catch up with them. I mean, like, think about Buffalo. Obviously, like I'll concede, Buffalo is a much better team than the Patriots right now. But, you know, they just – Paid Stephon Diggs what forty million dollars? Not sorry, like forty or sorry, I'm sorry, twenty five million dollars a year. Like, what happens if he tears the ACL? Like, you know, they don't have money to go get someone new or do it, anything like that because they just sunk a ton of money into him. Like, let me a- let me ask you this, I'm, 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 Fred. I'm going to spare you. My, I my know. Rant. Here we go. I'm going to spare it. I'm not going to do it. But if Stephon Diggs was making five million a year, and he tore his ACL, what were the Bills going to do? Well, my point being is, if they if they're paying him five million dollars a year, right? That means they probably have a little more money to get who that they could put towards other players, right? Who you know that money is coming away from like maybe another receiver instead of you know one incredible receiver. They have two 
very good receivers. And then if one of them gets hurt... They do have very good receivers. Yeah. I'm just using them as an example because I know... No, but my point is it's never a bad idea to pay the great players big money. Like, you you run a risk of your, your best players getting hurt. Everybody has that risk. I don't think it, like, hurts less if your best player gets hurt and he's making $10 million as opposed to $20 million. Like, you have yeah. to now replace him with someone who's not on your roster, and there's no one available that, of that caliber. Like, when Tom Brady got hurt in 08, it wasn't better for the Patriots because he wasn't making as much as Peyton Manning. They didn't have anybody yeah. to replace him. That hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I just think to the point of, is this bubble going to burst, or is it going to continue to be? I mean, I think we've accepted with quarterbacks that you got to pay. It ain't like, going to so, burst because the salary cap is only going up. With Derek Carr, well, guys come up. You got to pay him. That, that's what the going rate is for a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have a choice. It's not as much about, well, he's worth that. It's kind of, but I do wonder because there's going to be teams that have bent over backwards to bring in an awesome receiver this right. year that are going to, that aren't going to have success. That, you know, it's just not going to work for whatever reason. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's my point. Nelson though. Aguilar. Like, there's some teams, sorry, there's, there's some teams that, you know, like Buffalo, they, they have a great foundation. I'm not like, I won't argue that. They, you know, they are a team that can probably afford, and it's a kind of a good decision to go fork over $20 million a year. But I see some of these teams who maybe aren't as financially sound or don't have as good of a, like a system already in place. They don't have a lot of good players. But they're still going to go after that like single receiver and think that makes a difference. And that just does not seem intelligent to me, you know? Well, okay. I mean, it's sometimes it'll work sometimes it won't I mean I think you know you got to make choices and that's I think what the Patriots do and and what they have done is I think they prefer to spread it around and that's their choice uh rather than being top heavy and sometimes sometimes it does work I mean I think we're also prisoners of the moment when you have a team like Cincinnati who you know did great turned things around really quick drafted a great wide receiver who came right in you know but then they're going to have to make some decisions so you know are they going to play Tate Higgins when he comes up in a couple years I mean it's always fluid I just think every team you have to make choices. You can't have valuable. You can't have the best pass rusher, the best you know, the highest paid pass rusher, the highest paid quarterback, the highest paid wide receiver. You know, you have something has to give somewhere. Um, But you know, it it, it was a crazy offseason, and I think you know, I I don't know. I said bubble burst. I mean, maybe that's too extreme, but I think that it will regress a little bit more towards the mean. I think as teams, you know, some teams realize like. You know, maybe just going out and, and overextending ourselves for one receiver isn't going to be, yeah. but there's going to continue to Salaries be teams that love it. Salaries don't go down. It won't burst. Yeah, Salaries don't go the I other way. The call, guys. Christian so Kirk All is right. the guy that Thanks, ben. is the poster child for this thing. I don't think people have a problem with the other ones. The A.J. Browns, you know, and, and Stephon Diggs of the world. I just think Christian Kirk is a guy who has been an average player who got paid as a superstar. Right, mm-hmm. the other guys are really good players who got played like really good players. That's you know I I don't see it as a problem. I have never been, as you know, Fred, of the of the mind that the Patriots' success was due to their economic structure. The Patriots' success was due to their coaching and their quarterback. That's it. That was a pretty little interesting report here from Joe Kayata. Um saying Gillette Stadium is a finalist to host the future Army-Navy game. Robert tells me he really hopes to land the 2023 game uh, Army-Navy here. That would be pretty That'd be pretty cool. That would be wild. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Bill, <laughs> Bill would love it. We know what sideline he would be on. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I'd, that'd be great. I'd take the kids. When is that game usually? Like right after Thanksgiving? It's in somewhere December. In there? Like yeah. early December? It's, yeah. yeah, it's usually all the other teams have played. 
So it's after, the last one. Yeah. but getting all the midshipmen and everybody in there in oh their school God. uniforms and stuff in yeah, here, that, that would, would be that would be huge. Be a cool event. Um, Jerry in New Orleans, what's up, Jerry? Jerry, what's up, guys? Hey, hey, how y'all, how's y'all's day? Okay, just waiting for the schedule. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, big day today for that. Um, I got two things for y'all. Um. What do y'all think about if we flirt with the idea of putting either Marcus Jones or somebody else that we've drafted in the slot if, if Nikhil Harry don't work out for us? Wait, say that, say that again? Um, what do y'all think the chances could be if we put in, like, Marcus Jones into, like, the slot position if Nikhil Harry don't oh. work out for us? That just as, oh. You know, just as a plug-and-play. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I mean, I, I think he's a – going to be a plus returner i mean i have hopes of that but i think based on what they've done i think they got a lot of guys i don't really have much you know but jerry brings that up like in i'm gonna go to you mike Mm because i know you've done more of the marcus jones research i've i've looked at him and tell me if i'm wrong as a guy who is a defensive back who they've occasionally found ways to incorporate into the offense um you know in in you know sort of uh niche kind of plays. yes Deion sanders sure is there a chance that they look at it differently and they'd look at him as an offensive player? I mean, perhaps. I I don't think so. I don't not by I don't think he's done enough. Read, I just like think he his... was a dynamic athlete at Houston, and you, you know those are probably a little bit more hard harder to Thanks, find Jerry. at that level. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, I I think it's more. I mean, like your guy. How many touchdowns did Pierre Strong throw? You know, like he was nine like, for nine with six touchdowns. So you know, there's maybe there's something there too, or or the undrafted guy that I mentioned, Brendan Schooler, who played receiver and safety. There's a lot of versatility. I just, I think for me, Marcus Jones looks like a defensive back and a really good returner. And you know, maybe if you get into a pinch and you don't have that kind of quick open guy, but. I mean, I'd rather get a sense of Aguilar in there, or I mean, I don't think Harry's in the plans at all. I mean, I I, I have trouble even like bringing him up. I have to think up. Harry's gonna gonna go sooner. Well, that's where I kind of lost him, where he said if Harry doesn't work out, it, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked it's, out. It's yeah. it's looked it's looked the same. I don't you know you get to year four so next week when they trade. I mean, Harry, I mean, be, even like he, Harry didn't work. And out. a couple of shows <laughs> ago, when, when we were going down the wide receiver depth to see where uh, Thornton might fit in, we didn't even mention Harry. No, right. <laughs> nope. No, you know? and I find that problem when I'm like writing about the projections, you know, the team and and how it's it's, it's hard to like. Well, they return their their top four guys. I'm like, I guess five if you want to count Harry, but I just I have no no expectation for him. I mean, him at best, right he even now, makes it to camp. He Fred's right. At best, he's six. Yeah, and you could make an argument for Christian Wilkerson, who yeah. did as much as Harry did last year. It's true, and less chances. Right. I mean, people are probably higher on him than... I mean, people were up in arms one of those late games that Harry was active and Wilkerson wasn't, right? right? remember that? Oh, yeah. my God. I remember people were up in arms about that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it was like, well, they need the blocker. Well, he, ca- <laughs> he, what, he caught the he had the game against Jacksonville, right? That was what Wilkerson came in, didn't he? He had, like, a couple of catches. Yes, Mike. <laughs> we got our guy. Uh, Spee's in Fresno. Hey, Spee. Eric? Colin is so clean that the proctologist <laughs> gave him his number. Fred, that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what Fuck are you, you. doing? <laughs> uh, when I heard that one, I was like, okay, I got to call him today. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, picking up from what Paul is talking about, how it's not the economic structure, it's, it's the question the quarterback, historically, and the Patriots. I mean, there's no doubt. But at the same time, 
you know, Brady's helped things along. I know not taking salary cuts. We say he, you know, he helpfully restructured the contract. Early in the di- the first the first iteration of the dynasty, the salary cap was much more restrictive, and it was much more important to have your your salary spread out. Since the I don't know six, seven, eight, oh eight, nine, it hasn't been like that anymore. And now it's you, you look at the projections. Um, you know, and I I do I follow Miguel on this stuff. And he's t- like he's telling you what the projections are going forward. They're astronomical, and these numbers they they'll never. There was a pandemic, and you know <laughs> that was a pause, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It that's what it, went down. That's, that's what. Close it, but as you're but that's what it takes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. That's kind of no, redundant, no but thing. whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the the salaries, like you're not going to have the next guy that comes out, like go back to what they were. Like, because Christian Kirk got overpaid. Like, maybe the next Christian Kirk won't get that money, but the next Stephon Diggs will, yeah. and Debo Samuel, and those and A.J. Brown. Those guys, when you're really – Terry McLaurin's not taking less than those guys when his contract gets done. Those guys have been productive you know players. They- and the part of it that I just disagree with is if Buffalo's players don't play well – and they don't live up to expectations, it's not going to be because their salary cap structure is not up to your standards, not what you think they should be. It's going to be because they don't play well or they get injured yeah. and they don't, you know, whatever. They have plenty of depth at receiver, right? I mean, Gabriel Davis is a good young receiver. Who's the slot guy that they – was it Robert Woods that they, they signed? No, who's the slot guy they signed? I think that's Tennessee, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. They they signed somebody to replace Cole Beasley. Yeah, oh, Jamison Crowder. Yeah, and they drafted Jamison Crowder. They they signed to replace Cole Beasley. Yeah, they drafted they, our guy. Uh, they have plenty of depth at, at at receiver. Like if if Diggs goes down, that hurts. He's a really good player. Yeah, talent talent matters more. You know, it's funny as you're saying this, Paul. I was uh, I don't know, like six months ago, I wasted some time looking back into the history of the cash and the cap hits for uh, for, for for Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I mean, you go back all the way to like the early '90s. The, the the Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, he's he's a Hall of Famer who took slightly less than quote unquote his, his market value in terms of cash or cap. Like he's instead of being in the top one through five on either of those metrics, he's more like six to ten. Yeah, that's cherry picking. But uh, maybe I'm wondering now going forward with what you're saying, maybe that matters less. Maybe you're gonna, you, you know, like you're saying, like the, like what was Matthew Stafford last year when he's not gonna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Stafford, perfect example. He's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Well, uh, I, uh, hey, Fred, I needed to, um, to ask you, uh, or actually all you guys, like what do you think about the adage that sometimes teams need to lose in order to wake up or like put them put them in a place in like a motivating way? And uh, I'm thinking back to the Colts game of last year where I got into it with Hardy a little bit about this. But did you ever think that teams need to lose in order to, to have a wake-up call? Because I don't really buy that. Well, I don't know about needing to lose, but – Sometimes, you know, it's good to face a good team and see where you are. And when you lose, you know, we got a lot of work to do. I think sometimes you you can make an argument that adversity is better to learn through. You you should learn more from your losses, you know. But I don't know if you need to lose. Like, I hate that when a team gets in a row. Oh, they should lose a game or, you know. Yeah, but that's kind of the foolish, like, oh, it's bad karma. Like, it's, you know, the. Right. You got to lose one because uh, they went in too many in a row. Right, right, right. I think what Spee's talking about is, like, can you learn as a team and 
go through going through the adversity of a loss yep. helps you in the long run. I think it. I think it's something to be help, said for that. But yeah. I don't know if you need to lose. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. ever advocate yeah. saying this yeah. is the week I want to lose. Yeah. But I do think the teams that go through ups and downs yeah. are stronger for it at the end than teams that just roll. No, you definitely learn more from your losses. And I think it's a myth too of of that the the team that wins the Super Bowl was automatically just the best team from Thanksgiving on. You know, you know the Giants in the old day proved that of. You know, it's it's up. You can be up and down, and all of a sudden, it just kind of clicks for right. those those three the eight, games. The eighteen Patriots, yep, stumbled to the, the finish line and then played their best football in the playoffs. Yeah, which was like you know, again, like three specific games that were all kind of different, and they won kind of three different ways. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I just prefer to get those learning experiences up front of the season and not have not have them at the end of like, oh, we really need a, a week seventeen loss no. to cost us home field advantage, you know? Like, but <laughs> no, I think it's no, just no. what you tell yourself because you come off a loss and you have to have some and kind of like, well, right we too. needed it, we needed it. You know what it ends up being? Whatever happens, you say, oh, well, that was why we did it. You know, like Thanks, you, you could make the argument. Like for your what you just brought up, that when they lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. right? Oh, we lost the bye. That was the galvanizing force. Well, no, they lost the next week in the playoffs too. Yeah, it was a harbinger of what right. team they really were. Like this isn't a wake up call. Like this the, is the adversity just, didn't help them. You know, right? Like, I and think I think that's another part of the myth too, of just like <clears throat> you lose a game and that's gonna like bring your locker room together and you're gonna be like not always. And sometimes it just shows you that you're not very good of a team and unless you play perfectly. You're not going to win the most important games of the season, which is, I think, what we've seen the last few years. Well, look at the Celtics game last night. I mean, it's a game they should have won. Yeah. Right? They blew it. Yeah. Now, they lost the game. Is that going to help them in Milwaukee? I don't think so. No, no I mean, but they could win. I think, they're the, I, I think they're still the better team. See? You know, but I, yeah. I don't know if by losing that game it, it helped them. You know, well, and like to tie it then over to the Bruins, who have been giving up late goals all season long in the final minutes of periods, and like at a certain time point, you'd be like, "Well, you've done this enough. Aren't you going to learn from right. this? Are you going to put this to bed? No, this is just the kind of team you are that loses focus down the stretch. That's what it is." Yeah, I think the the. I mean, not to turn this into the Celtics, they could definitely win two and win the series. Oh yeah, I, I don't really understand the whole. Like, I still think they're the better team thing. I do. They've played five games. The other team has had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter of three of them. Yeah. I, think, I don't know why we think we're better. I think the teams. I think the Celtics are better. Okay. Yeah. Better all around. The score around. would, would, would Better all-around team. Now, with Middleton back, maybe. Oh, I don't even think this series would still be going if Middleton was Yeah, going. that's what I'm saying. If, if he was back, it'd be a different story. Nif- Rick. Nif- Nif- Rick. Nifty. Yeah. Sni- yeah. Nifty. Nifty. Snifty. Nifty. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> uh, Rashad and Baltimore. What's up? What's up, Rashad? Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey. I, I guess I guess I had uh, I had a few things on the schedule. I just saw that I don't know if you guys can confirm it that the Patriots are playing on Thanksgiving against the Vikings. We heard that too. I don't know. We do not get and, the schedule uh, until eight o'clock. Purposely, uh, yeah. And We're not allowed. We got a month. Monday night football game against the Bears, I, week seven. Yeah, week five, I, I don't. Packers. No, I idea. don't know. Yeah, cannot. I'm not. I'm not trying to be evasive with you. I don't know. Can neither confirm nor deny. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's 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 all I want. I'm just just excited. See, this the, is what happens. I think people think that we're being dishonest right. with them. And Thanks I'm for not, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to know. I've seen the st- same stuff on Twitter that everybody else has. I don't know if any of it's accurate. Uh, Todd's in North Carolina. Hey, Todd. <clears throat> Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, good. Check with good me about show. ten o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll run down that schedule. Even though I kind of miss uh, Eric's uh, monologue in the background with his little snarky comments as Deuce is talking, that usually happens. <laughs> Fuck you. 
<laughs> hey, cool. <laughs> that was that that was aggressive. I like that. Okay, so my question is, what are you guys expecting from this year with respect to the team? Are you expecting playoff bound and stuff, big leaps here or there? Or what are you looking for for a progression? That's kind of what I would like to hear. Because well, for me, what I want to see them do is simply watch Mac progress, get our defense a little bit organized, and I'm, I would be happy even with a 500 season as long as I can see them making progress on both sides of the ball. I'll take my, your answer off there. Thanks, guys. Great okay, job. yeah. I mean, I think realistically and optimistically, it's a similar season as it was last year of, of, of a team that, you know, they're not – I mean, there was a brief period of time when somebody might have said that they were the top team in the AFC. But, I, you know, I think the reality of it was they were a playoff bubble team. And I think this year, realistically, looking at where the league is and that they're a, a playoff bubble team, I'd love to just be surprised because I think it's easy to look at the schedule and the talent of the teams that they're playing – and, you know, it's hard to argue with people who are like, they're the 13th or 12th or 13th best team in the AFC. Well, it's hard to argue against that right now. But I'd just like to be surprised that it comes together in a way that is is better than, you know, people are anticipating, which I think people are, you know, four-win season is 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 on the table for a lot of people. And sure. I haven't heard any of that. Oh, boy. It's four? Yeah. They're not going to win. They're, they're going to win more than I, four Listen, games. my thing is, if I don't hear another team say that, Patriots are easy to defend, right? And they can be competitive with Buffalo again, get back to there, then I think they'll be okay this year. Well, I, I would say that what Todd said, that Mac Jones is the obvious one. And the second one that's a little less obvious that he talked about, I would like to see the defense. Like, the, the age of the roster has not gotten younger yet. Now, that might be the case once the cuts get made. Maybe some of these veterans go. Um, I would like to see the defense be younger. So I don't really care what that translates to for a record. If Perkins and Uche and you McGrown. know, you know, maybe some of those guys Extra are playing, and maybe you're you're just as bad as you were last year defensively. I'd rather fail defensively with young guys yeah. than veterans. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, and I'm not expecting it to. Well, but I would rather have hope oh, of yeah. guys getting if better. If you're gonna fail, fail with the young guys, right? If so you're gonna fail. I don't like. I don't need it to be a 500 team. I don't think they'll be a nine and eight team. I don't think they're going to win that many games. But I don't really care as long as those two things happen. Mac Jones gets better, and they get younger on defense. Well, that my thing. That's the thing. I, I'm kind of saying it a little differently. But if teams stop saying and thinking that the Patriots are easy to defend, that means Mac Jones is playing better, and he's learned, and he's progressed, and he can be. They can pull out. They can be a little bit more complex on offense. And then on defense, like, I just, you know, if they're competitive with the Bills, well, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. If we can be competitive with them, then we've got a shot. Well, then you've improved immensely. Right. Yeah. I, right. I, like, I don't need that. I just need them to play. Like, if they play exactly the same on defense against Buffalo with Perkins and Uche and McGrone and anybody, Anthony Jennings, I think that's better. Even though it's the same result. Again, I don't expect it to make well, sense. It can't be the same result. We've got to force a punt. <laughs> we need to force yeah, a punt. I don't, like, I, a again, I feel much better about not forcing punts with young guys that are going to get better yeah, than yeah. with Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, and those guys. Like, I, you know, I, I think they need to get younger. I'd love to keep, you know, get back on track against Miami. You know, you'll, you've lost to them a bunch. Put them back in their place. Get rid of, like, this Flores, you know, kind of era and beat Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that group put, you know, really firmly at least establish yourself that 
hey, we might not be Buffalo yet, but we're better than the Dolphins and the Jets. And and I think after last season, you know, everybody's high on the Jets draft. They're coming too. Like that, those are those are big four no, games. They, Jets, I mean, Dolphins. This, this team can go any. Di- I mean, this season can go any direction. It really can. We don't know. That's it. And most people, I mean, I feel like the well, general tenor is that people are expecting bad. Like, yeah. you know, that's what I feel like. I agree. Overall, I agree people are not expecting, you know. I, I just took a fan, like the four. I haven't heard that. Like, but I, I, I don't think most people think they're a playoff team. I think that's right. accurate from, from Mike. But even if it's, you know, six, it's bad. I mean, you know, I think right. that's what people are yeah. generally across yeah. the NFL. They had a bad draft. They, you know, the the Jets had a great one. The Bills are they can't force the Bills to punt. Miami beat them, whatever it is, two, four out of the last five times. Like, you know, it's it's easy to say that. I think that the hard part is having a positive feeling, feeling like they're going to be back where they were last year, nipping on the heels of, yeah. of the Bills and the top team. What's more likely, double digits wins or double digit losses? Hmm. I mean, probably double digit losses at this point. Just riding the wave. I mean, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to believe it, but. More likely seven wins than ten. You know, based on what it is. I mean, I still believe that that they can pull this team together and, and you know could potentially win double digit games. But right now, if you're asking me in, in May, waiting for the schedule, yeah. Uh, Fidel's in Florida. Hey, Fidel. Hey, you guys. How are you? Good. Yep. So I was listening to the podcast last week uh, the other day, and one caller uh, really brought this one point and. Um, me and Paul, I guess I'm kind of a great one, but where's his mouth? But um, you guys asked a question to the caller saying you wouldn't want Bill Belichick. You still want Bill Belichick as a coach, right? Yes. And there was a pause. And it got me to pause and think, I'm like, let me think about this. And you no, know, I still want him as my coach, but as a GM, no, I don't think so. Because if you look at the way he's been drafting, like, for example, linebackers, and this is where I say Paul and I agree. He's sticking to these old types of hybrid, of a big, stocky, run-stuffing linebackers when you see the league is transitioning to these, you know, fast play, sideline to sideline guys. I get that you have to be, like, the higher end of the draft to draft these kind of guys, like the Tremaine Edmonds and um, White, but there's no, like, effort to try to get them free agency or try to trade for them, and we're stuck with the Anthony Jennings who aren't even seeing the field. Um... My other point was I stopped caring about what, how we draft ever since 2013 because I really wanted in 2013, I wanted us to draft Keenan Allen and Demontre Moore. Oh, we yeah. ended up getting Aaron Dobson <laughs> and Jamie Collins. And we hit on Collins and missed on Dobson. And if we went with my way, we would have hit on the Allen but lost on Moore. So <laughs> I take that as a 500 loss. I, and I appreciate you giving yeah, me I, an example of a guy you wanted who didn't work out. So many guys are like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you know, I they just listen I, to me. I, I wanted Debo and McLaurin in that draft. Everybody, I was saying it to everybody. You know, like they never give you the one. Yeah. Like I tell you, like Vernon Golston was a guy I really liked. Bust, colossal no, bust. I was, I was gonna break my table when we passed over to Montreal Moore twice and Keenan. And I'm like, why do we get Aaron Dobson and Jamie Collins? He didn't win a game in college. <laughs> yeah, the 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 coach yeah. thing is a complex issue, uh, and I haven't gotten there. Thanks, Fidel. With the you know. Does the GM stuff bother you enough to not want him to be your coach anymore? I haven't gotten there. Some people have. Yeah. Some people have. Well, on this show, years ago they have. I mean, it's been— No, no, but do you not want him as your coach? I think now is the right. first time oh, yeah. you're hearing more than, a, yeah, more than a smattering of people saying, right. yeah, if that's what it takes to get rid of him, I, I, I want to move on. Right. Um, let's see. Robin writes in. Uh, he's in the Catskills. 
After two years of a rebuild, the Patriots have their QB of the future, a handful of Maybe. fine young players, one good draft, one draft that I still can't figure out, and apparently no real need for position coaches. <laughs> Do you think Bill has looked around the league and decided he's rebuilding for the next cycle five to six years from now? It seems like he's drafting middle-class guys and doesn't seem to be worried too much about keeping up with the other teams. Do you think this is what he's doing? And if so, maybe next year will be a big one, plenty of money to spend in free agency and possibly better draft capital with an underwhelming season on the horizon. I just don't think there's some grand plan of seven years down the road that, oh, that's when we'll have it. Like, I think, I, I mean, I really think, and, and, you know, we joke about, like, oh, he's still acting like he has Brady. Like, I just think he, he has a belief of how to build a football team, and I think he's just continuing to do it the same way. He's trying to be competitive this year, just like he was trying to be competitive last year. There isn't a straight line. There's no assurance that, you know, uh, oh, if we do this in this year, then in two years down the road we'll be able to afford this and that. Like, I think they do their best to put the team together the way they see fit. Each season they try to build a competitive team. They know it's not perfect. They know there's going to be spots where they're probably a little bit light, and that's probably inevitable. But I don't know. I, 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 I he doesn't have all this time left to continue coaching for 20 more years. Like it, there has to be a little bit of, you know, we got to get going here. If you want to continue to, you know, get back into the playoffs, to make noise in the playoffs, to be a contender, like, but I just think that they have their philosophy and they're sticking with it. And that's how they're going to go down. A uh, couple people. Do you agree with it? I, 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 I do. No, I want to think d- about it. I didn't ask you on purpose. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I mean, I think, look, I think you can pick individual places where, oh, that was a mistake. Um, but I think that you could do that with anybody, you know. Um, but I, I look, in my heart of heart, I think football is, is, is much bigger than your two or three best players. Yeah, I think I have my doubts. I do. Uh, but I think we'll I, find out this year. I think we'll find out a I lot. I don't think this we'll year. find out this year. I, I think we'll find out when. I. It's weird. I, I like. I, I just have my doubts that the the way that they put together their team over the twenty years is why they won. I have my doubts on that. You I think do. it's all Brady? I think it was in, in Belichick. I'm not dismissing Bill. Like that's why. Like I, I I started off. I said I haven't gotten there. Yeah. You know, with that, that I want to get rid of Bill. I think Bill's exceptional. I don't know. As a coach, I, I really do. I I, I, hit, I don't think just anybody would have won six titles with Brady. Yeah, and, and I hear that. And I, they wouldn't have had the success without the two. Well, let me just say that. But but I feel like but, Bill— But, but I, I just think that you look back at those games and so many plays are made by other guys, you know? And yeah. you had to have guys that, like, in crunch time, you know, had the sand— to, to make those plays, and I don't think it was and just lo- pure luck that but, other guys— Oh, God, who said it was pure luck? No, you win six titles but, by but, pure luck. But, I mean, like, you know, plays that Troy Brown made. Troy Brown was a great player. Okay, but it wasn't just Belichick and Brady is my point. No, I, but I'm not— And suggest- Troy Brown was never a high-priced player. No, well, he, he was. Not well, really. He, he got, he got, that was, like, the first feature I wrote for this, but you got a huge contract. For at him. At the time. yeah. I mean, it would be like you'd laugh at two million a year. You'd laugh at Wes Welker's contract. Now they paid through the nose for him. It was five years and seventeen million. You'd laugh at that now, but that at the time that was a big deal. You know, I I just think there was just too many other guys that made plays that you you have to have depth in football. You 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 know you have to. But my my point isn't that it was just Bill and Tom. 
Yeah. They had other great players. My point is it wasn't because they didn't pay this guy because they thought it was important to get the 40th guy on the roster who just plays special so teams. So you're not, you're not buying because, the strong middle class. Then. No, I'm not. Yeah. I, I think that they had really good players and uh, an exceptional quarterback that was generational. Yeah. That allowed the coach, who's also generational, I think to succeed. Had, I yes, th- the, the Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruskies and the Ty Laws and the Mike Vrabels and the Troy Browns, they all were part of it. But there was a lot of other guys that they think were just as big that I don't. Okay. That's all. Yeah. It doesn't mean – like I, I, I think you could have had the same exact roster with a different coach or a different quarterback – and not one anywhere near as much. Oh, not I, anywhere near well, as much. That's true. I so mean, that's all I'm saying. Like, it's a it's a it's a subjective thing. It's like it's hard to quantify. Like, yeah. why why did they win? Like, it's impossible to sit there and identify A, B, and C. Fred's right. There's like a million plays that I can think of that were made by guys not named Brady. You know, I don't know how much of that. You know, it was because Bill and you don't know dialed if, up the right thing to put a guy in the right spot. And you don't know if somebody else wouldn't have made it. You know, you, it's, you can't, right. you can't right. prove it. You can't prove it. Just like I can't prove that if they had, like, I, personally, my, the example I use all the time, and I got Mike with this a couple of weeks ago, like, the one time that they said, I'm going to do everything I can to make my team as great as it can possibly be for this one year was 07. And they came 30 seconds away from going undefeated. Yeah. I think of like. That was the one time where they married the greatness of Bill and Tom with greatness at every every spot around them. You yeah. say you can't have the best wide receiver, the best edge rusher. The be- that team did. That team did, and they paid big for it. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked. That, that like That's always my argument. Like, What would Bill be like if he actually had all the horses and didn't just have to rely on scheme and his imagination to get it all done? It- yeah, it's just it's so hard to unpack. Twenty years, so many games, and that's what's like. You know, you can pick a game for any argument that you have. Of well, yep. you, you know, it's. I just, I guess, that's what I struggle with. Right. Of, of well, but you know, I look at like, like I remember that Kansas City AFC Championship game in Kansas City. One of the biggest plays in the game, like, you know, it was Hingen as to take one of Andy's words, <laughs> was that Chris Hogan <laughs> catch that amazing catch that he had that. May not have been a catch, but you know, no, they, it was a catch. Yeah, caught that. But like, pro, you know, like he wasn't that good a receiver, but he made that play. <clears throat> and so you don't know, like, how many other not so good receivers who have been on the right, Patriots that, that, that could have made ca- that play. That was a big catch. It, it, There's no doubt about it. But it's not like they lose the game if he doesn't make the catch. Well, it, there's another play in the next play. Yeah, like, I know, but it was it was, it was big, a great play. You know. It's um, a great catch, and he did catch it. That went to replay. Yeah, he caught it. I know. Yeah, it's just like guys like that. It's like, <sighs> right? You know, you can go through and and, and even like the uh, you know the people that love to people like to make fun of, or you know, like even those guys have have made some plays here and there. You right. know, like every I, team I, has to, players that like right. like Gabe Davis in that playoff game against Kansas City for Buffalo. It wasn't Stephon Diggs. It was Gabe Davis with two hundred and whatever. Right. Like, is he? He's not the star. He was a like a low round draft pick. It's like his second year, and he was out of his mind that day. Right. Like, I mean, every team has role players. I'm not suggesting that it's just two guys that make plays. Like, I just think if if you can sit here and tell me they would have won six titles without Brady, 
I, I just I can't well, really no. have this conversation. No, yeah, I, I, I don't no, think they would have no, won any and, of them. I can't all. either. No, yeah. no. But like I, I think, literally, I don't think they would have won a single one of those with the same team in another quarter. They might have won one. But know. I think it's also a question of how do you, if you have a great coach, how do you maximize having a great coach? You know, like how how do you use that to your advantage when you are building a team? And I think you know to an extent that's kind of what we're talking about that they you know rely on Belichick to make up the difference so that they don't have to you know so I mean I I don't fault them for that but that's you know that's kind of how they do it but at the same I don't fault them for it either because it's been wildly successful and that's the bottom line what do you win we win more than anybody else that's the bottom line but I do wonder um, often if they had the mentality that they did in 07 more often uh, you know what would have happened uh, David in Bethlehem, many reports have shown that teams that pay high-value players don't have a sustainable model. Every team has limited resources. That is the salary cap. There are a few accounting tricks that expand cash flow in a given year, but with a future IOU, teams with the highest concentration of salary run greater risk of calamitous injuries, and because they are vulnerable at other positions, are staffed with cheaper, lesser talent. But, see, you can make... But you do can, the Rams care make, about that? Right, you can make arguments against that too. And who you know? had more injuries than them? You know, like they overcame them. Like teams that pay high-valued players. I mean, if it wasn't for Tom Brady, the Indianapolis Colts would have won more Super Bowls, and they had the highest player in the league, and Peyton Manning, and they were paying other guys. Oh, and by the way, like they ended up beating you eventually anyway. Yeah, well, even when they had Tom Brady. That 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 game was we yeah, should have won. Which one? Oh six. Well, they had Rodney Harrison. I mean, oh six. Okay, what about the others when when Peyton Manning beat you? What other ones? The two in Denver. Hey. Oh, that, that, that one of which he couldn't count. even play anymore. They don't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was no games in Denver. I wasn't aware that those don't yeah, count. Yeah. Exhibition. Why was that game in Denver? Because <laughs> you lost in Denver. <laughs> and what else did you lose? <laughs> uh, Do you want me to go down? Want me to go down no, the list? What? No. Chris Harper. Harper's oh, Harper's, Harper's Folly. Oh, that's no, <laughs> Harper's Muff. Oh, Harper's Muff. Muff, not his folly. Harper's Muff. Well, isn't it because it's Harper's Kick, Ferry, right? Isn't it better than have Harper's Folly? <laughs> hey, I didn't make it up. It is it. Harper's Ferry, but no, it's Harper's Muff. It's, I know. It's, it's, Harper's Muff. It's dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we like Muff. You have kicking off in overtime against the Jets. Uh, you yeah, have yeah. the mortar kick up 14 against the Eagles. Eagles. Right. And the corpse of Steven Jackson. Game. Right, the Miami game. You could have just won one of those yeah. and hosted that AFC Championship game. It's like they didn't want it. It's like they didn't want to host. We thought it was our advantage to play there. Rob writes in. Like Tom couldn't overcome the fact that Steven Jackson ran the ball 25 straight plays. Even Tom's greatness couldn't do anything about it. Robert in Southern California. Hope Eric's colon will be okay after years of steamed broccoli and uh, kale chips. <laughs> Oh, relax. Yeah, I heard like <laughs> I heard like people who are vegetarians like are more stinky in the bathroom. Yeah. I find that hard to believe. Is wow. that true? Well, beans, you know, yeah, that's beans. the bean that makes you fart, right? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Not the beans, beans not the beans thing. The I knew stinky? that. Stinky? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I don't know. I've never had a problem with uh, this. Last week, Paulie said that C.J. Spiller... Paulie won't be hearing him. Paulie said that C.J. Spiller was a good player in the context of his draft value. Pro oh, production, I didn't say that. I said he was a good player. Um, Period. He was wrong yet again. He has a memory about Patriots games like a steel trap, but his perception of players on other teams is crap. 
CJ Spiller was a good player. I stand by that. I'm he sorry. He says Spiller's career stats: ninth overall in 2010 to I don't Buffalo. Don't care he got drafted. Played there five seasons. Played eight total. Won 1,000 rushing season, third year. Only played 16 games twice. Averaged more than four yards a carry just three seasons. Scored 21 total uh, rushing in reception touchdowns. Scored 75% or 14 of his 21 total career touchdowns in two seasons. Scored seven total touchdowns in other six seasons. Scored more than two total touchdowns just twice. Had more than 150 touches twice. Just 10 games. All right, he goes on and on. C.J. Spiller. I don't really remember him. Wasn't he receiving back yeah. more, though? Yeah. C.J. Spiller was a, was a good player. Uh, did I say he deserved to be drafted in the top ten? No. I didn't say that. All I said was he was a good player. Well, and he was. He says he, he, he wasn't. He wasn't that good. And that's his opinion. He's okay. entitled to okay. it. It's not like you. I don't tell other people what to think like you do. Um, well done, steak. Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, there's certain things. There's just certain things. Mayo on a yeah. Italian sandwich. Right. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> Sam in Kentucky. I like this, too. Played 16 games just twice. Played 14 once, 15 once, 13 once. <laughs> yeah. N- nice selective uh, cherry picking. I'm proud of you because that's exactly how Paul would have played it. <laughs> uh, Sam says, thanks for giving us a podcast that's third <laughs> on the charts. 1,000-yard season. Another one with 933. <laughs> I'll, I'll try that again. <laughs> Thanks for giving us the podcast that's third on the charts, but first in our hearts. Uh, quick football one-on-one question. With the question at O-line this year, I've always wondered what type of skill set moves go into each position and what makes someone a good guard or center or tackle. For example, why would someone be a good left tackle but not a good right tackle? Ah. Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think some of it's related to the traditional, you know, your pass protector on the left side and more of a running, you know, more your running offensive lineman on the right side. But I think that's kind of changed over the years as, as defense has become more valuable or more balanced. But I would say generally your, you know, your left tackle is your most athletic. He's got to have some length. He's got to have some kind of quickness to get outside, deal with edge rushers. Same thing with the left guard. I mean, inside you don't have to move as much, so guards can be a little bit less athletic. Center's got to be smart, quick, you know, understand leverage. Get, usually they make the calls on the line kind of the deuce general overview of offensive line play, which I was a terrible offensive lineman in high school, so take it with a grain of salt. Can I ask you a question? When I was 14. If you had a guy that played nine years and he averaged 4.8 yards a carry for his career, would you say that was okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't say star. Okay. That wasn't C.J. Spiller, was no, it? No, no, that was C.J. Spiller. Oh. Who the emailer told us only averaged four yards a carry once in his career. But he averaged oh. 4.8 for his entire career. We rounded down. Nine years. Pretty good. That's almost five... That's all, yeah, yeah, you could say it, Deuce. You could say it. Fun math, with math. math. It's almost five yards of carry. Math. Uh, like, Steve, I didn't say he was like the second coming of Alvin Kamara. Uh, okay. I, I hit the wrong button on Steve in Missouri. He was a Call good, back. He was a good player. Uh, Burton, Burton Island writes in, I'm curious about Deuce's strangely specific speech impediment when it comes to Chandler Chandler <laughs> Jones. Does this apply with other words? For example, does chair become share? Might Deuce be apt to order up a cheeseburger? That's good. I don't I hey I'm working on it. I, you know, trying to talk to somebody, get that under control. I always catch it too late though, but it's kind of become fun, so sometimes Why I am saying to- what what way? <laughs> what? Um Jack writes in from Ann Abba. When I had my colonoscopy, my gastroenterologist told me he found a polyp that looked like Phyllis Diller. I said, Doctor, you're crazy. It was Agnes Moorhead. <laughs> what? <laughs> there you go. 
I don't know, Agnes Moorhead? Who that? That's uh, Andorra from Bewitched, of course. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Samantha's mother in Bewitched. Why does she look more like a polyp than Phyllis Diller? Never seen a polyp. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Tough one. Um, let's see. Lots of emails. Lots, <coughs> lots of emails. You didn't watch Bewitched, huh, Freddie? Oh, I did. Sure. That was, that was the mother. Yeah. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now that, that you say morning. that, now that you say that, I know that. I didn't watch. It's another example of no value in it whatsoever. Don't know why. It's I in was my thinking mind. though, like if you could cast yourself like in real life as a character that in a sitcom, like what would be the ideal character? And it's got to be major. And I dream a genie, right? Right. You got Holy genie. crap! You got a freaking genie. You got, and she'll do anything you want. And she calls you master, oh. and she's beautiful, and she looks like Barbara Eden. Yeah, she's always dressed like a genie, though. I mean, you know, can we? Well, you know, but I mean, that that's <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You can make her dress up. No one told the producers that. Right? On the show. That's oh, got to be the one. <laughs> Your wish is her command, Deuce. That Did has you see the show. That has to be the one. Plus a single guy. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really watch Bewitched, so I'm talking about I Dream a Genie now. Keep yeah. up. Oh. I get those mixed up. This guy. Witch, yeah. Bewitched. They were Witches, like the competitors genies. at the time. Like there was Adam's Family, Munsters. You mean the Supernatural there was always, Girlfriend. Yeah, there was always like an alter, you know, there was always a. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, when you think that. about it. And they also both had like uh, animated opens to the show, Bewitched and I Oh, Dream that's the true. Genie. Yeah. Copycat League. Yeah. I, see, I always thought they were like the same. Like I, did, same, I still do, apparently. By the same producers and whatnot, but. No, I think they were on opposite networks. That brings up a, an interesting point. Maybe they were. Com- competitors yes gotta get us a supernatural girl yeah um joe in Warwick, i don't like New York. he dismisses us fred I, oh, I, I just don't know it's untoward. i can't participate well you know he was in hollywood uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. i was all working those in, in real modern tv shows yeah all those great shows that never saw the air that <laughs> right. i claim to have seen <laughs> touche uh very disappointed paul doesn't like hot dogs that snap i looked into the future and saw a very upsetting scenario two years from now tom brady retires becomes a part owner of the Miami Dolphins. He calls his old buddy Bill Belichick, breaks the bank, and has him coach the Dolphins. It gets worse. Coach Bill goes on to become the winningest coach as a Dolphin. Yeah, but by winning what? Games. A lot of games. Well, he doesn't have to win a lot of games. He's 27 games. So if he goes to Miami and he happens to break the record... You if he's done, he's it done. Seriously, obviously, it's just a thing. No, but I'm saying like it gets worse. I don't. So I, I was waiting for the bad part. Is my point? Oh, well, he. he I don't know. Like, he wanted you, to break the record as a Patriot, I guess. But I wanted because he's still a great coach. So if that's not part of the equation, like if we have to get rid of him because he's not winning games oh, and he man. happens to break that record somewhere else, it, I don't care. Can you okay. imagine? Can you imagine that this show with Belichick goes somewhere else and then starts beating the Patriots? That would be. <laughs> That'd be something. No, but do you know what my point is? Like, I'm not I trying to be argumentative no, I get for the sake saying. of being argumentative, like I often am. I get what you're saying. Like, if he's still a great coach and he leaves on his own accord and he wins, like, 15 games with Miami and breaks the record, yeah, that'll, that that would stink. But if he goes to Miami because he had back-to-back seven-win seasons with the Patriots and then won, like, another eight with Miami and broke the record, who cares? Yeah. Well, I don't think that was part of the equation. I think it was just he quit here. And was okay. available, and Tom lured him over there. Do you think he'll ever coach anywhere else? No. Yeah. He must so. be in another galaxy I don't somewhere. Think so. There's no way that would happen. Yeah. Wait, where is that from? Yeah. I haven't. I don't remember that drop. It's just in there. I think that was when we asked him to appear on this show, right? Oh, that could be, Freddie. Yeah. It's a good point by you. 
Play that again, Matt. You must be in another galaxy somewhere. There's no way that would happen. Right. That was definitely when we asked him to be on the show. Just stop in, like a little stop in, BB. Uh, Steve's in Missouri. What's up, Steve? Th- sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. Oh, no big deal. Just uh, wanted to know if we could maybe quit saying Bill's trying. Just getting on to be a pet peeve. Of course he's trying. Hugh Jackson tried in 0-17, but Mike keeps saying he's trying. He's trying. Well, he has a plan. I think that. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that call in here that think he's just, you know, making picks to help out buddies. Like, you know, I, I know, I, but everyone tries. I, I, I just. What is the plan, though? Paid coach. Yeah, what's his plan? I, I, I got to be full disclosure. I'm a huge Brady Homer. I've been mad since they tried to get rid of Gronk back see, in that, 18. That's that's why you don't get along with Deuce. <laughs> I see now. That's right. That's I, I see now. That's why I called in. I just. It just pet peeve. He's trying. Well, who's? But uh, have we been saying that? I have apparently. Oh, uh, I don't, actually don't remember saying it. But I no, often agree with Mike, as you guys side, know. Like the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. Well. He's, but but you know, look, the, Brady left. Like you know, it's not just flip it over, get another guy in here, and fourteen and three. Don't I think don't blame everything on Brady leaving. I mean, Bill wanted him gone. Why didn't? Bl- well, I didn't blame him. I'm just saying, what what was your expectation when Brady left? Like, what what did you want to have happen here? Well, wanting or expecting is two different when? things. I mean, oh, see, I I, I am not holding him accountable fans? for the record, but I think that there doesn't seem to be a a plan as to how they're putting the roster together. I I I think it's a bunch of mismatched I parts. I think there's old guys and like. Oh, I I don't I don't Every like roster the, has you imagine how old guys I, like the, I don't like the direction of the roster right now. Okay. To be honest with you, I think there are teams across the board that have more talent than they do, and I don't think that's a good thing. We'll see. Imagine if they brought back Hightower oh, and, and Collins and Van Noy, how old they would be then? Oh yeah, because you just bring back McCordy and Slater. And I mean, they'd the move from the second team oldest team to the first oldest. I don't know. I mean, like, you make it sound like they got young. No, but you they s- didn't even get younger with their draft teams. class for God's sake. Well, that's silly. They're all twenty. They drafted like five guys that are twenty-four years old. Right, but because of the COVID season, you got a lot of those guys in the mix. So you you know you're bound to draft some. Yeah, that are, that's that's not fair. I don't get too worked up about that. Like it, what in, in in if they're amazing, you might get a year less of them. Like, I think they're older. So what? I mean, I, I just think they are getting younger, but I just don't think that they're going to rip the Band-Aid off and put a bunch of 25-year-olds well, out there and so just see far what they, happens. Again, I said this about a half hour ago. We'll see what happens with the cuts. So far, they have not gotten younger. They haven't. We'll see if they do, when, if they cut away so some of the older guys. Would you guys. feel better on, if they just didn't bring McCourty back? Like, just if he was not here, that would make you feel better about the team with no Devin McCourty in the building right I would now. feel better if I saw more youth in general like instead of adding Devonte parker it was a young receiver or but how do you get how do you get that, a young that receiver kind of stuff. in free agency though i mean they are all going to be at least at the end of a contract what do you think of taquan uh taquan thornton do you think he has a chance to do what to, yeah to be a good football player I, i'd rather have him play if you think there's potential there i'd rather have him play than Devonte parker but I that's think, what i'm talking but about. it doesn't make me feel worse that you have a veteran who you know can play on the outside to buffer how he does. Maybe he does come I in don't, and play great. I don't like, know that he can play on the outside. That's my point. Parker? I don't know that. But he's played on the but he's He played has on played the on the outside. I don't know what he's going to play like in the with the Patriots. Uh, listen, We've seen a, a laundry list of receivers come in for the Patriots. I can't knock him for bringing in Devontae Parker. Uh, it's not – don't take every individual example no, I know, as, but like, oh, I think he's the, the reason why they lose. 
I would feel better. This is why I said defensively, I don't care if the performance is the same. But I can't, as long as all these young guys play. I can't knock them for bringing, bringing in Peppers Bentley, either. He doesn't do anything for me. You know, bringing in Jabril Peppers. You know that. Yeah, we'll I, see. I don't love it. Yeah. How many of I, those guys do you need? I think the best teams have a blend of veteran experience and youth. Yeah, and they don't. That's my point. I think they do. Yeah. I think they have more than we'll you're see. giving them credit we'll for. We'll see if they play. Okay. If they play, then I'll say I was wrong. Okay. Well, but last year they didn't play. The right. youth didn't play. I it, took like, like it took like eight weeks for Ramondre Stevenson to like know. fully establish himself Ma- as a player. Matt Jones is pretty young. But I feel uh, like okay, they got so. rid of three of their oldest <laughs> linebackers. And, and Devin McCourty is pretty old. You're still right. beating the old drum as hard as you were beating it last year when they got rid of the old. So, I mean, they got rid of, like, I mean, they're, they're turning over. They're doing guys. their linebackers. Well, three. And they brought back one of them. One. Yeah, I don't like so that. Three to I one. want young guys to play. Who, I don't want. They, you mean McCourty? McCourty? I don't oh. want McMillan and Bentley to play. I want McGrone and Perkins to play. Like if they do play, I'll say I was wrong. He's playing them. I just I'm want skeptical. good players to play. I don't really care at this point if you're 28 or 24. Like that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I do. Like because you're not going to get better with 28 year olds that are, that are already cratered in their career. Ouch. 20. Yeah. yeah, that's the way that league goes. Like quarterbacks can play forever, and you know there's there's random exceptions, but linebackers don't generally just keep on plugging. You know when they're in the thirties, you saw that last year. Yeah. Offensive linemen can play longer. Yeah, there's yeah. always exceptions. Uh, I'm not telling you that uh, yeah. again. When I use the terms like always, never, no one, everyone, like I don't mean those terms literally. There's always exceptions. Words have meaning, Paul. There are always exceptions. You can't tell me Devin McCourty was the same player last year that he was five years before that. No, of course. But not. everybody loves the guy. Me too. I don't think he played very well last year. So what do we do? We bring him back. Like, what, what, like what would the difference be if you just said, we're going to bring in Jabril Peppers and have another guy to go with Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar and just let those three guys go? Well, maybe that's what they end up doing. But, I mean, I think there's more to just what's going to happen in the field. Like, you've got now, you've got guys coming in here. So, I mean, I think that that's part of the reason why McCourty is here. Is, is and this is why this, I said so. I, I'm going to reserve my judgment. This is my feeling now, but I'm going to reserve my judgment for the cuts. Maybe James White gets moved out of the pitcher for Pierre Strong. And that's, to me, you might not be as good this year. I'm fine with it. Because I know how good I can be with James White, and it ain't good enough right now at this stage of his career. And and you think that... I don't know what Pierre Strong could be. He might be better. And you're saying that e- even though you could be better with James White this year, you'd rather not be better if you could be better next year Or with just have some, have some promise. Like, if you're telling me I can win the Super Bowl with Devin McCourty and James White, absolutely sign me up. Hey, Paul, you were way wrong. These guys, they, they had plenty left in the tank. You were wrong. I think that you are... Middle of the road at best with the veterans. Yeah. So if I'm not quite middle of the road with the young guys, I can take that thinking in two years, I'll be better than middle of the road when those guys are in their third year. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah. Now, you have to be right about your talent evaluation. Right. You have to have drafted the right players to make that work. And you see what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that's, that's wh- why I'm worried because, like, the Anthony Jennings of the world and the Josh Uches of the world haven't done anything. Right. And that's where the – urgency to win now if it's there where does that play in you know is it more important to be a playoff competitor contender right and that's my point about yeah i'm not sure what the plan is with the the roster like does that make any sense like i don't mean no i I know a lot of times i can get all snarky i don't really mean to be snarky in this one 
Like I'm, I'm, I'm being legitimate, right. trying to voice my, yeah, my feelings well, of my I, reservations. I, I mean, I feel like they're inching towards youth, and I, and I mean, I'm, you know, with you that it hasn't been a tear of the band off, and we're just going, except it at the linebacker position where that, you know, apparently seems the case. But, you know, I also think a bigger point too, kind of going back to what you know, previous caller says, like, you know, do you want to be like, would you rather make the playoffs every year or would you rather win the Super Bowl once and then, you know, be out? And I think here people just expect that, like, we can be contenders every single year. And I think a lot of other teams would be okay just getting us. Like, I think Buffalo, I think the Rams would be fine. They get one Super Bowl. You know, it's not this, like, all right, you know, of course there's pressure to keep yeah, it going. I would, but I would rather win a Super Bowl than just make the playoffs. Where yes. are we at now? Are we trying to get back to... We're trying to get back to consistent being in, dominance. Yes, being a championship contention. One more, you know. Right. So. Um, yeah, well, which, which one do you think they're doing? That's the question. I mean, okay. I think that's. I mean, <laughs> we've 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 come together. Because <laughs> I don't. I, I would have no idea how to answer that question. Because I, like last I said, year, I think it's mismatched. Well, it's, but it's hard, I think, with the with the quarterback transition. And I think, you know, like I said before, like I don't really fault them last year for trying to kind of bring the band back together defensively to try to see if you could squeeze it out. And I guess I do agree in a sense of that in some regards it doesn't feel neither here nor there in that regard. Are we, you know, are we trying to get – and I think it relates directly to Mac too of, you know, what kind of strides is, is he going to take? Is he going to be good enough to offset – and that's the bottom line. The, the turnover. You Mike could be adamant about his point. I could be adamant about my point. None of it will matter if Mac Jones is great. Or, conversely, if he yeah. can't play. Like, um, th- th- like someone a couple of emails ago had the whole, like, they got their quarterback of the future. I, okay, if you if you say so. I Like, I don't know. He had a promising rookie year. I'm not going to read into that anymore or less. I mean, when Brady won the Super Bowl the first year he was a starter, it wasn't just Bledsoe rump swabs that still had reservations about Tom Brady, right? You guys remember this, Fred? Sure. Oh yeah. And they How could you not? With, with, with who Bledsoe they was? They sent him, and they were no, like, "It wasn't necessarily Bledsoe related." I'm saying it was Brady related. Like, yeah, he did a great job avoiding mistakes. System quarterback played to the defense. Yeah. They ran the ball, there and they, was were, a lot and of they were opportunistic. They gave him a very modest contract extension. And people Even thought, at the time, that's like, a big risk. And and people were like, "I don't know. Are you sure?" And it wasn't big money. It was a good bump for a sixth round right. quarterback. Right. But there were people. He had just won Super Bowl MVP, and people were still unsure about him. And I'm supposed to be convinced that Mac Jones is the guy of the future. Like, I I don't know that to be well to be sure. Do I think he is? Yeah, I do. Nelson Aguilar's. I mean, he thinks. He well, and and the more of the veterans that you hear from have said there's a big difference, Fred, in the strength, the work ethic, uh, just really bringing it to a different level. Mac Jones. Okay, great. They haven't practiced yet, Fred. The answer to that question would be, <laughs> how do they know that? They haven't practiced. Love it. Oh, they, they've so been together. Been. They've been together. Um, Trent writes in one more email. Um from oh, Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Yeah, wanted to add some movies to the trilogy talk. Mm. Ocean 13 is absolutely better than Ocean's 12. Toy Story 3 saved the franchise. Uh, Toy Story Whoa. 3 was better than Toy Story yeah. 2. Bingo. Sad. And Sad. Scary Movie but a good three, movie. Yeah. Scary Movie 3 is one of the funniest movies ever made. <laughs> Hope you have seen these movies. If the not, Toy Story 1 is... That's yeah, that balls on perfect. If not, Ocean's 13 and Scary Movie 3 should be top of your list, along with three billboards... Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That was a good movie. Uh, I see that one. Yeah, that was a really good I'm movie. I'm sure that was a sequel. 
it was a um you know that wasn't a sequel was it? <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah he just threw that in there no that was i know it was a good movie though toy story 3 when he gives the box of toys to the little girl i mean that gets you it gets me in the it feels. got you it gets me in the feels okay plus the, the lazo character was lazo all right well listen that's going to be it for this edition of patriots unfiltered tonight eight o'clock uh it's the reveal of the schedule and then you can start making your trip plans and all that stuff uh i hope people are planning to come to gillette this year and i hope a lot of patriots fans are planning to travel this year uh to other places we love the support all right um we'll see you next tuesday thank you for downloading this podcast subscribe on apple google play and everywhere else you listen like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.